peppermint, sorrel, ginger, beaver grass, or English. Get it ready. Your morning tea just got hotter. Ooh, honey child. On the cold hard truth, Bobo 89.1 and Cayman's number one talk show are bringing you morning talk like no one else. Monday Rewind, Impact Wednesdays, Caribbean Connections, and much more. Don't miss a beat with what's happening in the local community. Just keep sipping your tea. What a mess. Here's your host, live and direct from the Cayman Islands, Sandy Hill. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Tuesday. I was just saying that I know that you guys miss me. We're going to get it, get into it this morning. We have a lot to cover. What can I say? Oh my. Okay. Listen, we've got guests with limited time. Of course, you guys know that today is Tuesday and Tuesday means that it is run down Tuesday. So I see that Dr. Alwyn is actually here in the studio. Dr. Alwyn, are we going to go ahead and start off with you? Are we waiting on anybody else to arrive? We'll get started. Just give me a thumbs up if we're if we're gonna get started with you. I can, I can see you talking, but I can't hear you unless I bring you into the studio. So, um, let me see here now. So, good morning, everyone. I know you guys are very much aware that I missed a few days, but Dr. Alwyn is here, and he's a busy man. He's got lots to do. So, shall we bring you in? Thumbs up. Okay, let's do it. All right, Dr. Alwyn, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Sandy. I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, I wasn't sure if we were going to wait on anyone else for you to come in, but I know you've got some previous commitments this morning. So I trust that you had a wonderful weekend. Oh, yes. Yes, it was a beautiful weekend. I think the weather was fine uh, and it was so nice to see so so many of the marathoners uh, going about. Yes. Absolutely. So we're going to be talking about um, the marathon this morning. So tell us, did you actually participate in the marathon? Um, no, I did not. Okay. Uh, my, uh, my colleague, uh, Dr. Niranjan, and Dr. Praveen, uh, the, and, and quite a few of the other Health City staff did participate in the marathon. They had a relay team as well. Um, right. And uh, yeah, one of our doctors, Dr. Praveen, finished in two hours, um, 11 minutes or something. The uh, so it was uh, it was quite exciting to, to and that's that's a pretty good finish time I take it yeah yeah okay. uh, I, right. uh, I I'm trying to get my fitness up to a level where <laughs> part it in it here, but I want to do it without adequately being prepared <laughs> yes of course of course and we know that you know having spoken to you guys previously that's one of the key things is an event like this you don't want to think that you're a superstar and just go out there and do it for the sake of a social media post. Um, you want to ensure that you are uh, well equipped and you've trained well over um, you know a long period of time, so that hopefully they won't need to see you. But I suspect that even the best trained athletes uh, might have a reason to want to give you a call. So let's talk a little bit about um, you know what you're expecting to see, if anything, and we're going to talk about some post-marathon tips as well. Uh, to make sure that, you know, now people are kind of a couple days out. They're starting to feel the burn. Trust me, I just took a marathon shopping trip 
<laughs> in Miami. <laughs> Not quite the same as, as a, a running a marathon, but I've got some sore muscles and some aches and stuff now that I didn't have last week. So um, to a much larger extent, the marathon runners are really feeling it uh, today. I'm sure of that. What are some of the top recommendations for them? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, typically after uh, marathon is, is, is called marathon for a reason. Uh -huh. uh, the, it's largely because uh, it is, it is a big event and it takes a lot of toll on your body and your, uh -huh. your, your muscles, your joints, your ligaments. So uh, it's important to, uh, I would say, uh, give yourself a little bit of a break after a long run like that, uh, but mm -hmm. uh, keep doing some uh, some amount of activity. Don't suddenly stop it, but maybe keep keep doing. It's it's a lifestyle habit. Continue. If you if you were someone who, I mean, there are marathon uh, runners who are professionals who who do it, uh, you know, to beat time. Mm -hmm. That. And then there are others who do it just to, you know, get into a kind of a, um, a commitment to their fitness kind of thing. And it's important to maybe continue doing some walks and 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 runs uh, over the. And it's it's probably I would say a lifestyle change for them. Uh, you know, in watching what you eat, uh, how you how you uh, you know uh, con uh, control your diet, and and that that momentum going even long after the marathon. Um, for the more seasoned athletes, I would say stretching and other, and, and even for the general public, stretching is probably an important thing. Um, uh, uh, just doing resistance training, stretching, continue to do uh, continue to do that, so you'll keep your your muscles supple, your joints supple. Um, mm -hmm. I think uh, uh, it's important to to. Uh, uh, when you when you when someone becomes a part of a challenge like this, um, uh, and I did did it at a gym uh, at my local gym, and when I participated in the challenge, uh, long after the challenge was over, I continued to eat healthier. I continued to do my exercises and doing that three times a week or something, you know, uh, commitment to the gym. So yeah, I think it's it's important to make these things a lifestyle change or uh, or habit. Uh, so that will keep you going, and maybe next year you could, you know, you could graduate from the half marathon, like, you know, from the, uh, the, the shorter distances to longer distances based on you know, how you feel. Um, All right, folks. For some for some reason, Doc, I am hearing a little bit. <clears throat> my apologies of feedback, and I'm okay. not really sure if it's just on my end. Um, <clears throat> but I do notice when you're speaking, I'm getting some feedback from you. So I'm not really sure uh what could be causing that i could just try switching off my mic and turning it back on maybe yes it might be something um yes ronda said she's hearing it as well so okay. yeah just double, double check that for me but i think everyone is still hearing you it's just okay. that the um the quality of it is a little bit okay, okay. yeah so just now you sounded okay, but it's when you were talking for an extended period of time that I was getting some sort of static um, feedback. All right. So we do have um, Rhonda Kelly, who is also joining us along with Shamari Scott this morning. So good morning to Rhonda. Good morning, Shamari. Morning. How are you guys doing? Uh, we got a lot to cover today, as you can see. I'm, I'm back from a mini, mini holiday, so I'm on it. <laughs> Um, and of course, we know that the runners this weekend were um, out in full force. So I heard that it was amazing and um, you had a fantastic turnout. 
So Rhonda, tell us a little bit about what the turnout was like in terms of your numbers and how the event actually went. Oh, it was a really nice morning. Um, we had, um, I think the total is, is about a thousand over um, We had about 90 teams. We had over 60 in the full and we had close to 700 registered in the half. I can't remember the exact number that came out. Yeah, I'm hearing it. Give me one quick second. Let me try to figure out what's going on. Um, not quite sure what's... Let's uh, really get that sorted. So give me one quick second. I'm going to just do a quick refresh and see if it's something on my end that we can perhaps just refresh and fix. So I'm not sure what is causing that. I'm trying to see if Chuck can check for me. Um, it's, it's like we've got some static in the studio for some bizarre reason. Very, very different. All right. <clears throat> shall, we, shall we push through it uh, this morning and see if, um, if there's something we can do in the interim that might get it sorted out? Uh, Shamari, good morning. Good morning, Sandy. How are you? Not too bad. Thank we you so much. We missed you on air yesterday. We missed you on air. Yes, yes, yes. I was gone for a couple of days. Uh, lots yeah, to catch yeah. up on. I must tell you, you missed two days worth of a show, and all of a sudden it's like <laughs> news never stops. Um, so, of course, Shamari, did you participate in the marathon? Were you out there doing your thing? Why, why, why you had to call me out like that, Sandy? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I did not participate in the marathon. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, had my share of cross countries and long distance running earlier in in my life, um, back in high school days and college days and the such. So I have not as yet done a marathon, but seeing as you're calling me out, maybe you and I and Dr. Al, we need to do it next year, right? <laughs> oh, I think that just backfired <laughs> dramatically, in fact. What, what, oh is it, God, what is it, 40 by, 40 by 50? Wasn't that your... No, um, 50 by 50. See, I was trying to help you out. 40 by 50, but you've gone yes, to 50 by 50. Yes. So, so, so every month we're going to have to start looking at that target, right? When yeah, is, when is, yeah. Cause that's late next year, right? For, for sure. So what I've so, just yeah. done is, um, Dr. Alwyn, I've actually muted your mic. I think the source is actually you. I hate to tell you, but now that I've, I've, I've muted it for you in the studio. So if you want to come back in, just unmute yourself because now it's gone. Everybody, I think, is hearing a lot better, right? Yes. So we'll try to figure out later on what in your environment could potentially be causing that. Um, but I think we're good now. Yeah. So just right. keep, if you're not in the studio, keep your mic muted for now. Maybe that's the that's immediate solution. Um, but, but, right. So Dr. Alwyn, folks, is here with Cayman Islands Health City as well as Shamari. And we've got Rhonda Kelly from Kelly Holdings. They're talking about the success of this uh, weekend's event. Um, again, the marathon was on. I mean, lots of people. I saw pictures all over social media of people posting that they had completed it and they ran and some did well and some were just happy that they finished even the half marathon. They were like, yes, I did it. Um, so, Dr. Um, Alwyn, let's talk a little bit about when those individuals might need to see a sports medicine specialist. 
So do you just give it a couple of days? Do you soak in some Epsom salt for like the first day or so? And are there some things that immediately you should get help for? Or do you kind of feel it out to see how your body is going to react over another week or so? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think if uh, if someone's having, if, if you've experienced any kind of uh, uh, major pain, in any any part of your your feet or your or your muscles or or knees or other things, then uh, then you you could you could give it a few days. Uh, 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 Advil of anti-inflammatories could help, and basically hydrate yourself well and mm-hmm. and um, electrolytes. Having those electrolytes, uh, something like a Gatorade or something to to um, replenish your electrolytes is is important. Now, if it still persists, anything. So most muscle aches or um, or a little backache or other things would generally subside in a in a couple of days with a couple of days mm-hmm. of rest. Uh, but if it then t- t- continues to persist or continues to get worse, then I think you should see somebody. Um, if you've had an injury, unfor- uh, like God forbid, but if you had an injury where you uh, notice a particular part of your body swelling up, um, a lot of tender Achilles pain or uh, such things, then it's important to to uh, consider seeing a specialist. Um, uh, some sometimes prefer to see a physiotherapist before coming to an orthopedic specialist. But uh, yeah, e- either ways, it's uh, better to take help if you have something persisting, even uh, even say for a, for a week after your after the marathon. Right. All right. So give, give it a little bit. Um, I think your body, we've talked about a lot on this program about just listening to your body. And I think your body will give you an indication if you are um, in any sort of chronic pain that you need immediate help. So you, you should be able to tell um, yeah. if there's anything that that's, that's that bad. Um, you know, I'm feeling a little bit sore, but nothing kind of chronic going on except my, my what, which I already had, which is my tennis elbow. But yeah. um you know, I ran into someone. There was a lot of Caymanians apparently in Miami this weekend. I couldn't hide from people. Even in Fort Lauderdale, I saw people. Uh, and I ran into a family member and she had torn her Achilles heel apparently. And she was like limping. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, that looks quite serious. That's the sort of injury that they should come in and see you for as soon as possible? Yes, yes. Something like that is some, is is better to see uh, earlier than uh, sooner uh, sooner than later. Um, uh, uh, so some of the things could be a, a, a chronic injury. You could be having something chronic going on, and then you did the marathon and it worsened. Um, that's also possible. Sometimes tendinitis, um, uh, tendinitis, and um, inflammatory tendinitis of the tendinitis predisposes you to develop a tear in the right. tendinitis. Sometimes it could be a partial tear, then slowly progresses to a, a complete tear, especially if you have a degenerated tendon. So depending on your age group and uh, things, you you have to um, seek help uh, sooner mm-hmm. then. And the other thing I think is probably worth noting is if, if you know you've had an issue before, of course, you know, I have uh, what <laughs> Dr. Anthony says, the podiatrist is sort of a, um, a overdeveloped calf muscle but it doesn't have the elasticity in there that it should. So in other words, it doesn't necessarily yeah. stretch really well. And yeah. so then that will cause issues in the feet and the Achilles uh, yeah. area because, you know, that area has to work a little bit differently to overcompensate for my um, calf muscles being so tight. So stretching, even post-marathon uh, stretching and, the, and, you know, probably the week or two after continues to be really, really important. 
to continually yeah. stretch? And yeah. what else can people do sort of on their own? Maybe like I said, the, the silks, stretching, massage yeah. perhaps? Massages, yeah. So my facial manipulation, we call it. So massages do help, especially for sore muscles, uh, fibromyalgia, those kind of uh, conditions. You could do a, a local myofascial release. So that would would help to ease some of the pains as well. Um, uh, yeah, with and and uh, so a calf muscle. Interesting that you brought that up because calf muscle is is an anti gravity muscle. And if you notice the way your leg is structured, your calf muscle is about four times the size of all the muscles in the front of your ankle. So in your right. ankle, the movement downwards and your movement upwards. The movement downwards is very yeah. the big calf muscle, but the movement upwards, those muscles are always at a disadvantage. So you have to keep stretching the calf muscle. That's very important, I think, especially for runners, because okay. that's a tight, a tight, believe it or not, uh, so conditions that you hear of shin splints, press mm -hmm. uh, fractures in the tibia, um, uh, tendoachia, tibialis posterior tendinitis, we call it in some of the muscles. All these mm -hmm. are because of an overtight calf muscle. And a simple wow. thing like stretching the calf muscle uh, helps you eliminate all those problems. And also mm -hmm. in the treatment of some of those uh, problems. So we always say it's like a bowstring effect. So you imagine your tibia as as a as a as a bow, and the calf muscles a string, and it's kind of always pulling the bow in one direction. So you need to stretch it out so that uh, so that the the contralateral group of muscles, uh, the opposite group of muscles, are are able to contract the and balance the the the, the forces in the leg. So uh, yeah, yeah, calf muscle stretching is probably one of the most important things for uh, for marathon runners and runners in general. Wow. So I mean, a pretty big muscle, and turns out to be extremely important as well. Yes. And, uh, you know, the, the advice that I've gotten, I'm I'm not going to pretend to be an athlete in this life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the advice that I've gotten from Dr. Anthony is I should be stretching every single day as yeah. often as I possibly can. Um, yeah. I've just got genetically, you know, overdeveloped calf muscles, and people. It's so funny, Dr. Um, Alwyn. You know, people see you and they think they actually think I've been to the gym when they see my calf muscles. They're like, oh, you've got such great calf muscles. Like people get implants to have calf muscles like that. I'm like, are you kidding me? But, um, you know, there's always that downside sometimes of having a certain genetic makeup is that yeah. you've got to know uh, what comes with it and kind of how sometimes you've got to offset um, certain things that Mother Nature has given you. So sure. constant stretching helps, I suppose, whether it's underdeveloped or overdeveloped or whatever. Um, just stretch, stretching that really important muscle is extremely yeah. important. Yeah. So um, do you tend to see after a big event like this, do you tend to see your bookings go up? Um, sometimes, yeah. I mean, in, in some cases, yes. I mean, I think a lot of people do go to physiotherapists, maybe massage therapists. Um, and if it doesn't improve, then they do come back. So I have had patients who have the, um, after a marathon injury and coming to me, but generally maybe within the next two, three weeks or so mm -hmm. I've seen. A few of them reach out for help if they had any any uh, chronic issues. Right. And speaking of that, Shamari, um, yeah. that means, of course, that your team is on it and you're going to be offering um, some special <laughs> services to people who might need orthopedic uh, assistance. Yeah. So let's talk about the upcoming uh, free orthopedic consult, which Definitely. is available for the marathon runners, because this is fantastic. It's a great idea. 
Yeah, so so um, just to reverse a little bit, we, well, in regards to the executive committee that I was with at the Department of Tourism previously, when the marathon first started, we understood the importance of the marathon. I mean, there was a, when it was in its inception, obviously there was a little war room type of discussion about how important mm -hmm. is it? Should we sponsor it? You know, will mm -hmm. it be successful? Luckily, the right decision was made and Department of Tourism decided to get behind it, you know, due to many things, right? The fact that it was during that little lull after Thanksgiving and just before Christmas. So from a tourism perspective, there's a little lull that first week in December. So it would help to fill in that lull in December. Two, um, you get marathon runners from all over the world, right? So you mm -hmm. get to showcase the Cayman Islands through photos, social media, through news articles from some of the runners that would be coming as well. And the fact that it's in such a beautiful location right next to the beach, think of all the images that go worldwide about the, about the marathon. And then when I transitioned over to Hell City, the, the fit still aligned in regards mm -hmm. to the fact that with Dr. Alwyn and his team um, of orthopedists, you know, from a sports medicine perspective, we want one healthy living, healthy lifestyles, obviously activity, running marathons fit with that pre-scenario um, where you're trying to keep people healthy so they don't have to come to the hospital. And then obviously, if they need to come to the hospital with an injury, we have a full slew of physicians and an integrated team with all the technology possible to be able to help them on the back end if needed. Mm. And this partnership with the marathon from a health city perspective, um, has been going on six years now. Am I correct, Rhonda? To get six years. Yes, she said six years. Um, <laughs> and mm -hmm. every year we just take it from strength to strength, whether it's pre-marathon having, you know, going on the radio, but also speaking to the persons who are going to partake in the marathon, tips mm -hmm. and tricks and what you should and shouldn't do. And obviously Rhonda knows all of these things too, like not buying new shoes that you've never run in before mm -hmm. the day of to think that that's going to help you to run faster, you know, running right. the shoes that you've always run, you know, and, and the proper types of stretching, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And then last year was the first time we thought, and we said, you know what, why not after the marathon is done, the majority won't need it. But if you have an issue, we're going to give you a free consult with our orthopedic team up to six months after the marathon for everybody who has signed. So everybody who signed up and partake and partook in the marathon, will be able to get a free consult if needed with one of our orthopedists, Dr. Alwyn included. Um, and then obviously we've come closer to you so you can come to Kamana Bay to see them. If you don't want to travel, it's only 30, 35 minutes up the road, but we know that people think you're driving to Miami at times. But uh -huh. if you want to see Dr. Alwyn and the team, you can see them in Kamana Bay or in East End. Um, and that was just extending the partnership further to ensure that we're giving some added value to all of the persons who would have um, taken part in the marathon. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Well, um, let's just <clears throat> make sure that people know, of course, how they can take advantage of this amazing opportunity. So again, this is a special offer for the 2022 Cayman Islands Marathon participants at Cayman Islands Health City. And um, it's free orthopedic consult and you can get in on this. I think this is fantastic. So whether or not you have an injury, you're experiencing chronic pain, or you have issues um, after the run or issues just walking even now, this is going to be a wonderful opportunity 
and it's a $259 <clears throat> package normally, folks. That's quite a quite a decent savings. And uh, we love free stuff on this show, as you guys know. So this is going to be an appointment with one of their orthopedic consultants. Um, all, you know, come with amazing credentials on, um, you know, just had to perhaps, whether you're gonna need some sort of a treatment program, um, surgery, if you need to see the physiotherapist or anything else, you start with orthopedic surgeon and they can kind of refer you from there. So you present uh, this voucher, uh, we'll stick this up, I'm sure, on social media. At the time of your reservation, tell us a little bit more, um, Shamari, about how they can make sure that they go through the correct process to redeem this opportunity. Yeah. So so they really just need to um, go through info at healthcity.ky and just outline that they ran in a marathon. They have their um, coupon or certificate. Um, it's not really a flyer that they have that uh -huh. with them. And we'll book it in. And then when they arrive, they just need to hand that um, to the receptionist when they arrive. <clears throat> so it's really easy. Um, you can call 640-4040 or you can email info at healthcity.ky um, with marathon in the subject line. But just also indicate that you ran in a marathon and you would like to avail yourself of the free consult. You can do that before June 4th. Wonderful. All right, folks, this is fantastic. Like I said, nothing beats free. Um, and this is, this is really a great, uh, a great opportunity. So um, Dr. Alwyn, um, we also know that, um, you know, you've got some other things coming up into the new year. So I'm sure we'll speak to you probably not long after the new year, but we are aware that you are in a little bit of a tighter schedule today. Do you have a little bit more time to spend with us or? Yeah, maybe another four or five minutes I should okay. be. All right, no worries. Sounds good. Um, so Shamari was mentioning that there are people who come in from all over the world to participate in this um, event. So undoubtedly, they would be, you know, very, very pleased to hear that they have world-class service right here in the Cayman Islands. They don't have to wait until they go back home. You know, recently we had the Cayman Classics. I'm sure Shamari you saw them here. Yes, um, yes. You know, the basketball event. <clears throat> Lots of pro, uh, not quite pro, but pro in, in the collegiate. Uh, terminology right. um basketball players you know amazing i saw them you know between games as soon as they finished the game they were back on the court stretching they were using their little mm -hmm. um what are those rollers uh you know wor working it out and stretching it out and um, doing all sorts of movements that i found incredibly interesting to kind of prepare them for when they get on it's not just about shooting in that hoop it's about making sure that you stay injury free and you're able to, I mean, I saw them do like the cross, like running backwards and then trying to cross the legs, which is very, like the brain gets a little bit like, okay, this is a more complex movement that I need to work my head around. But I also thought at the time, isn't this wonderful that we have literally thousands of people from overseas, um, you know, mm -hmm. tons of basketball players, but they can avail themselves of services right here in the Cayman Islands, world-renowned services without having to go anywhere should they need to see an orthopedic surgeon. Oh, definitely. And, and uh, I mean, Dr. I will speak to it as well, but um, even previously, we would have had, one, well, one of the marquee physicians, um, orthopedists that actually would have taken care of a lot of NFL players and even persons who know Alabama University football team. Well, that was one of the one of the best football teams in the in the obviously in the US, but, uh, you know, it's football, American football. So in the world. And those orthopedists have come, had conversations with Dr. Alwin, looked at all the work that we've done here, and they're blown away as well. So, you know, 
we we can we can hang our hats with um, the best in the world, and that's why the Cayman Islands is such a unique place. We have obviously from a financial services perspective, tourism perspective, and now from a healthcare perspective, we're all batting above our weight, and we can hold our own when it comes to world class institutions throughout those throughout those industries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. To add to what Shamari just said, uh, Sandra, we've um, I've had uh, a lot of uh, physicians who visited us over the years, including Dr. Andrew from Andrew's group. He's the uh, sports medicine American Institute of Sports Medicine um, person, and he's incredibly uh, knowledgeable and uh, and a great uh, mentor. And uh, he came down. He was uh, he saw our facility, and he was uh, quite amazed at some of the work that uh, me and my colleagues were doing and he's and he had uh, but this was about six seven six years ago i think and um, I, ever since we've had a collaboration with andrew's group uh, some of my fellow, uh, uh, colleagues i have sent them over uh, to them uh, to american institute of sports medicine we've had uh, them come down and look and see uh, and and watch us and um, discuss uh, academics um, i've been a part of the caribbean orthopedic association as well um, and uh, so, uh, 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 and this at uh, this year's Caribbean Orthopedic Association meeting, um, some of the I, I showcased some of the work we've done at Health City, and um, I think the uh, uh, there was a couple of shoulder uh, uh, cases that I presented, and we did uh, um, in joint replacements as well in managing complex revision uh, uh, surgeries in knee, knee surgeries. So. Um, uh, seeing that kind of work being done in the Caribbean was something that uh, uh, blew away a lot of the um, uh, visiting uh, uh, surgeons from United States and Colombia and other places as well. So we are, uh, we are slowly, um, uh, at least in the in the orthopedic fraternity, uh, we have a, a standing as being one of the most uh, um, uh, uh, professional and uh, and advanced uh, centers doing some really complex complex surgeries and, mm-hmm. and uh, patients along the way. So we've ha- uh, I've had colleagues across the Caribbean refer me cases that they cannot manage or have a problem or, or needs a, a, a high uh, expertise uh, for shoulders, for knees. Um, I've had a lot of uh, 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 pac- uh, patients from within the island. I mean, in Cayman Islands, it's a it's a it's a small island, but th- there's a lot of sports that happen here. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. you- leagues you look at the flag football you have uh, Gaelic football you have rugby you have uh, so many and uh, there are some really top level athletes and uh, a few years ago we had uh, uh, one of the uh, uh, rugby um, uh, 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 players had a had a, uh, a, a shoulder that had dislocated about a hundred times and we did a, a, a procedure known as the arthroscopic lethargy procedure which was mm-hmm. one first uh, times that the Pascal Boileau technique that I had used uh, in this part of the world and uh, uh, and he has gone not only recovered from the issue but he is now uh, coaching and he is a part of the national team and I think he is playing in and yeah he is playing in this weekend's uh, match against Mexico four years and uh, you know uh, for him to recover and go back to playing sports at that high level after mm-hmm. a surgery that's what sports surgery has graduated to now uh, compared to earlier where you just wanted to get back to some kind of function right now I have athletes who want to 
have that procedure done or or this one to help them to get back into into sports so acl reconstructions meniscus repairs uh, complex ligament injuries um uh, uh, shoulder dislocations shoulder cuff repairs so we we uh, we are doing some of the most advanced stuff and we recently had the 4k arthroscopic tower that was mm -hmm. in which is a, um, an advanced uh, piece of uh, technology that helps me to do the arthroscopic surgeries much faster, better. This one, which less with less tissue edema and uh, and uh, and a faster recovery for patients. So we've, uh, I think, accomplished quite a lot over the years. Uh, I think it'll be a, it'll be a whole day if I continue. <laughs> and, uh, and, yeah, and Sandy, just to mention uh -huh. that. Um, when persons here, Dr. Andrews, if you're, if you're not, you know, um, in the sports field, you may not um, comprehend the expertise of a Dr. Andrews that would have come uh -huh. and, and, and seen Dr. Alwyn. But just to give you examples of athletes he would have operated on, um, Roger Clemens, Drew Brees, Bo Jackson, Michael wow. Jordan, Michael Jordan, right? Uh -huh. Jack Nicholas, John Smoltz, Brett Favre, Chris Gooden, Chase Young, uh, Adrian Peterson, to, to name a few. So mm -hmm. if you know basketball, football, or baseball, you will right. recognize yeah. um, one of those names. Well, Sorry, go ahead, Dr. Uh, Shumari is Tommy Jones. Uh, he's the one who uh, um, who uh, uh, who came up with the concept of uh, doing a, a ligament reconstruction on the elbow to fix the picture, Tommy Jones. Jones. So Tommy calls John. Him. Yeah, the Tommy John mm. surgery. Pardon? The Tommy John surgery. Yeah, yeah, Tommy. John. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, he was the guy who he was the surgeon who who engineered that surgery. Yeah, so that wow. that was a surgery that previous previous to having that surgery, once you tore that muscle, it was over. Your career was done. It was over. And that technique allowed pitchers to be able to continue their careers after after having that that surgery. And the one that Dr. Benoit, I'm sorry, that Dr. Alwyn was just speaking about with the artificial lethargy, that was something that would allow the rugby player to be able to continue not only coaching, obviously, but playing, because without that and the amount of dislocations, um, it wouldn't be possible to continue. So just examples of the levels of expertise we have mm -hmm. um, within Health City, and obviously all the great work that Dr. Alwyn and his team are, are doing. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely um, impressive for sure. So thank you so much, um, Dr. Alwyn, for joining us this morning. We appreciate that you are indeed a very busy man. So go off and see some clients, why don't you? <laughs> make, some, make somebody feel better this morning, a marathon runner. All right, thank you so much. We really appreciate it, Dr. Alwyn. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Shamari, Rhonda. Pleasure. Bye, Dr. Alwyn. Take Bye. care. All right, folks, and this segment is not over yet. We've got more coming up. So good morning to Melita. We see Miss Morna is here. Miss Ruby is in the house. She says, good morning, my CMR family. Hey, fam, fam. Um, Bonnie is here. Say good morning, Sandra and the listening public. We've got Olivia. Miss Alba's checking in, saying buenos dias, Sandy. Como estas? Estoy bien. Uh, Olivia, good morning. Lizette. Uh, Omeria is here. Miss Faye, so good to see you guys. Some usual suspects. Miss Wee Wee and Felicia. Barbara, Stephen, joining us all the way from the UK. Stephen, how are you? Of course, Marshall is normally in North Carolina, but I think he's been vacationing recently. And uh, tons more listening on the radio and on the live stream between Facebook and YouTube. So thank you very, very much 
um, folks for joining the program. So let's talk a little bit about, um, in addition to, you know, the marathon event that happened this weekend, Kelly Holdings does a lot of um, organizing of events. And so there's one undoubtedly that is very, very special and near and dear to Rhonda's heart today. So Rhonda, I'd like for you to tell us a little bit about um, this next event, which I was just looking at the logo um, and it's just, it's beautiful. Um, so it's the Addison Kelly 5K run. Now, for those who may not know, Addison, um, you know, uh, was your daughter. And I don't know how much you're comfortable sharing about that situation, but tell us sort of the background behind this event. Um, okay, well, um, yeah, Addie, um, so we're doing it in February, in honor of her, it'll be a year in February. Um, yeah. The, uh, there's, there's obviously several parts to it. We're partnering with the Alex Panton Foundation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, Jane and Wayne um, are close. Uh, I'm close with them. And obviously we have a bond now that I'm sure nobody would like to share. Um, mm -hmm. But um, yeah, we, we decided to do this. Is, the, the event is actually leading as a fundraiser for a scholarship fund that we're doing in partnership with the foundation. Okay. The scholarship is for um, a Caymanian to go off and study something in the mental health field. Mm -hmm. um, that was something that Addie wanted to do. We found a lot of things on her computer where she was researching schools that she wanted to go to, to study. She had told the facility that she went to um, and they were all thrilled. She wanted to be either a psychologist or a psychiatrist, wanted to go into that field and help others that were experiencing what she was experiencing. Um, so we thought this was a fitting tribute to her um, to, to do the scholarship fund. So the 5K on February 4th is to raise funds for that scholarship um, fund. And obviously also within that is to help educate people. Um, Addie was diagnosed with depression and PTSD from um, sexual trauma she experienced between the ages of eight and 10. Um, and that had um, obviously a lasting impact. And that's a um, uh, that's a, an important thing for me because I would I would feel I would feel bad talking about this if I thought that she didn't want me to, but I know she uh -huh. wanted me to. Uh -huh. um, she was very adamant about her story being told and, and wanting people to know um, what she went through and um, things that she struggled with. Um, so she, um, so I feel comfortable talking about it because of that. Um, and she, um, so she wanted me to, I, I know she wants me to tell people about what she struggled with. So she was diagnosed with PTSD and depression and then subsequently also with borderline personality disorder, which is a very serious illness. Um, and that um, was what some one of the things that she was being treated for. Um, so I, I would like to, over the course of the time up to the event, to actually take some time and educate people on what borderline personality disorder is or borderline personality traits, because there's a bit of controversy at a person um, being under 18 and being diagnosed with that. Um, so it's, and the, the facility where she was at, there was a lot of studies being done on that, um, on borderline personality disorder um, and obviously depression people know a lot about depression her depression was caused by her PTSD um, so there's there's a lot of layers and then you know she also had some other issues she you know she had um, she had ADHD um, which in females is 
quite manifests itself quite differently than in males. Mm -hmm. So there was that issue because it can also affect, you know, all of these things affect relationships. And when you're a teenager, it's all of these different layers of things mm -hmm. um, that come together yeah. to, to make this, you know, make everything more difficult. Um, and so I, I do want to take the time over the course of the time leading up to it to really hopefully educate parents. Um, like I said, sexual abuse is a big one for me. And um, I, I, I don't want to I don't want to cause anybody to get upset. So I don't want to talk too much about it in a context of not actually warning people. Um, but I yeah, do want yeah. parents to be aware of, of, yeah. of their child's surrounding stuff and and i hope to do more on educating that side of things to prevent that from happening to anybody else as well so um that's a that's a big one for me as well but yeah i think it's all to honor her i mean i read a book shortly after um called mm -hmm. finding meaning the the sixth stage of grief mm -hmm. um and that really kind of solidified for me that um i i needed to find meaning um and that's Sorry, I'll let Shamari talk. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I um, listen, you know, Shamari and I are both parents, obviously, and, um, you know, we can only uh, partially understand uh, maybe some of what you've endured, but, um, you know, your family has been through a lot, and it's just amazing that you can even talk about it, to be honest. Um, but, uh, you know, I think as a community, we're definitely here for you. And I'm so glad that you are finding, um, as you said, a meaningful way to not allow um, her life to, um, her light to, to cause she was, she, I didn't know Addie and, but I mean, from what I've seen of her, the photos and so forth that you shared, she just seemed like she was really an amazing person despite all she of was. what she was going through, which is just to me, I think, you know, had she not had that trauma, imagine what could have been, you know, but of course, yes. um, yeah. And it's, it's just a difficult situation. So we appreciate you um, sharing. And uh, I must tell you, Rhonda, that even during her service, I was so touched by the fact that you didn't hide what this was all about. And you were just very, very upfront. And I think in a community where a lot of us are not ready to deal with these type of issues, um, it was, it was an eye opener and it was a real stark reality for people, um, that level of honesty. I mean, I've just never, I've definitely not seen anything like it on this island for sure. And it's something that people struggle with. You know, recently I was uh, speaking to a friend of mine who um, is a survivor of abuse as well as, as a teenager. And, um, you know, now she's a woman and she's married in a relationship and she's a child, but it still seeps through her life. And there are moments when, you know, she's got to go to therapy. She's got to get some help because um, it's one of those things that you just never get over. And I think, you know, for someone who's advocated on behalf of victims for as long as I possibly can and will continue to do so, um, I think people need to understand the burden that is placed on um, survivors. And, you know, we really have to stamp this out in our communities. And the only way we're gonna do that is yeah. to talk about it. There, there's no, there's no yeah. other way. You know, we've and, got to be and I will, about it. And I will say it's it, it's not easy. And I understand obviously being in the position yeah. that I was in, I understand the small community and the need to want to protect yeah. people and certain people, but being on, this side of what we've gone through, I realize that 
um, yeah, it's mistakes are made. Um, you, you, you feel like you want to do the best that you can. Um, but mm. sometimes that, that is difficult because of not wanting to hurt people and not wanting to embarrass people or, you know, things that I look back now and think, you know, that, that compared to what we've gone through, it, it, it was, but it's hard when you're in that. So that, yeah. that's what we hope, I hope to do. And like I said, it, I have to do it in the context that I, 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 I'm mindful of, of people and, and that I, I don't want to, to upset people and bring things up and all that kind of stuff. We have to be, think about things like that. So I, I want to do it in a context where people are warned and they know what the yeah. subject is. And then yeah. we can have frank conversations once people are ready. But that, that is the goal is yeah. to hopefully yeah. prevent this from, from any other family going through this. Yeah. Um, and I know yeah. that's, and I know that's the Alex Panton foundation's goal. Yeah. And that's yeah. why it's, it's, you know, that no one wants anybody to go through mm -hmm. this. Yeah. And I, and I know I, I briefly messaged you afterwards and said, you know, whenever you're ready to just let me know. Um, yeah. So I'll say that again, whenever you're ready, just let me know. Um, yes. I think, I think you guys are amazing. Uh, and this is just so an amazing much. event. So again, it's the Addison Kelly Butterfield, um, Butterfly, my apologies, 5K. Um, the logo is beautiful. Thank I love you. it. Um, yeah. So tell us Perfect. about the symbolism in the logo the colors um, and what all of that mean? Well, Addie loves butterflies and that's why at her service, we, we use the butterfly and, and that's been representative of her. Um, that's kind of, you know, she was a free spirit. She was, um, she was a special kid in all ways. Mm -hmm. um, the purple and the teal are um, suicide prevention colors um, and awareness, suicide awareness. So that's why we've chose those colors and purple was her favorite color. So, um, so mm -hmm. that works out well. Um, and um, yeah, we, you know, we we've done some really beautiful shirts with butterflies across them, a full sublimination shirt, um, and so that the shirts will be very pretty. And we've got medals. Um, we're we're creating butterfly medals. Um, so yeah, and I've already gotten several people. Um, Health City has committed to supporting in some way as well as Cineco, uh -huh. and a few others have already committed in helping. So. Um, you know, we're looking forward to raising a lot of funds for the scholarship, having, you know, education happen up to the event and having a really nice morning um, that morning. We're also opening a virtual option because um, a lot of my other, my daughter's friends, um, they're in the U.S. and they want to support from there. So we're doing a virtual. Um, so, yeah, um, the support has been, the community has been great all along. I mean, I've, I've felt so... Um, so loved i've i felt prayed for i i know that the community has just they've been amazing and and you know going through something like this is you know and and you're you know 12 years on i know that the pantons are still going through it it's not something you go through and you're done it's not ever going to be done and and um so i think having the community that knows what you've been through and supporting um is just it's mm -hmm. it's so important and we're so blessed to live in a community like we do yes absolutely absolutely um so you mentioned that you're going to have it live streamed um what's what platform can we can we volunteer the cmr cmr platform as well to help to live stream uh, the the no I, the walk no no you were saying that there's going to be an online component 
Did I just misunderstood that part? Oh, so the virtual. Well, the virtual is just a red. You can do the the event wherever you are. A virtual. Oh, I got it. My apologies. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, because so we have the actual like if yeah. someone in Florida or in California, or even in Europe, yeah. they want to participate. You're going to have them. Yeah. Sort of join in that way. Yeah. Okay, I got it. Oh, okay. And and just to say, um, um, Sandy, as soon as we we heard that this was happening, Health yeah. City was on board um, right away. Just understanding the importance, and obviously working with Ron and the marathon all these years, mm -hmm. they always do a first class job. They're always yeah. giving, um, obviously of their time and and looking to help with charitable areas. So the fact that this is close and near and dear, obviously to Ron, then it's for a great cause. Um, how city was on board from day one and you know we'll have those conversations to see exactly what's needed um, yes. whether from a sponsorship perspective or otherwise um, how city will will definitely be there knowing that even within the context of the Cayman Islands mental health is probably one of those areas whether it comes to insurance recovery and or um, having enough professionals to be able to cover the need um, there, there is some growth that needs to happen in that area. So if this can also help, you know, with one yeah. of the future professionals, we definitely want to be there for this as, as well. And, and yeah. just to echo what you're saying, um, Rhonda and your family are so brave. I can't even imagine, you know, speaking the way you speak for so long without getting emotional. I don't think I could make it two minutes. Um, so hats off to you. And we know it's for a greater cause and that's what gives you strength. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Jim in the comment section says relatable. Morning to Maria. Uh, Miss Mornes says, Miss Rhonda, you're really an amazing and a strong woman. Blessings as always. And, uh, you know, Rhonda, you don't always have to be strong. Um, you know, oh, I'm not. <laughs> there are a lot of times when I'm not. <laughs> I lean on, on those around me for sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, good morning to Cindy, who's also joining us. So, folks, um, again, if you're joining us a little bit late this morning, we're talking about the Addison Kelly Butterfield 5K um, 2023 event, which is upcoming early next year. Uh, just give us the dates again, Rhonda, of the actual 5K. February February 4th is the date of the, of the walk run, yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then what's going to be the location? Do we have a... Um, an yeah, we're Caymana Bay um, okay. has given us a nice 5K course. So we're doing it there. And I wanted to do it somewhere where we could where we could have like a breakfast afterwards and we can have, you know, we can have the Alex Panton Foundation there with information and potentially some other people to talk about other areas, as I've mentioned, some of the, uh -huh. some of the, um, the areas where Addie's, Addie struggled and I'm sure there are other kids and parents that are dealing with similar situations. Um, so yeah, to make it a full educational thing, but to have a, a full morning. So yeah, Caymana Bay kindly has, has given us a nice 5k route. Oh, beautiful. Wonderful. Wonderful. All right. Good stuff. And then tell us how people can go about getting registered for the event. So um, there is a Facebook page, um, but they can also go on the Alex Panton Foundation and there's a drop down menu for the scholarship and it links to how to register to the walk on that. So alexpantonfoundation.ky has all the, um, you'll see in the initiatives, it has Addison Kelly Memorial Scholarship, which is where everything is housed under there. But we have, uh, Addie had a, a uh, Instagram where she had a lot of followers. So we've taken that over and, and we've, we've renamed that remembering Addie. So we post a lot of things there and use that as, as, um, a communications tool. And it's a lot of her friends and a lot of people who knew her. So 
we use that and we have a Facebook page. Um, okay. So yeah, so they can find us there. Um, for the Facebook page. And we're also gonna make sure that we put that um, in our community calendar, CMR community calendar as well. Awesome, um, thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. I would also like to say a little shout out to Health City about their help on Marathon Morning because I, I I know that Dr. Alwyn talked a little bit about what you did, but as an organizer, mm-hmm. having them at the event um, was so, um, it's just, it makes things a little, you know, the stress a little less knowing that we have medical professionals right there at the finish line. We had some people that finished in seven hours, um, 60, I think he's 63 years old. Um, he was out there for seven hours and it was, you know, the, the health city guys were still there and we had them, the doctors make sure they were at the finish line when a couple people finished that were, mm-hmm. were going to be struggling at the end. Um, so yeah, it was, it was just, they were great. They were there morning, they had their medical tent, they were ready to deal with anything that happened. Um, and yeah, it gives us a real, a real level of comfort and not to mention, I think it was about 50 people you guys had running in the event, Shamari, yep. between all the teams and, and all the halves and stuff. So it was a full health city morning and then all their kids ran in the kids fun run. So yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was really good. All right. And we do have some messages coming in here. Here's Chris. Chris says, uh, health city is the best great experience with the facility the staff and the medical expertise, um, they uh, offer a great show and very important topic. Thank you so much, Chris. Miss Corrine says, good morning, all. I'll be there on February the 4th, God's willing, um, along with my running buddies. So Corrine, as you guys may know, is part of a running uh, group. Um, and this is one of the things in our 50 by 50 uh, plan. We're going to be kicking off in earnest uh, for sure next year. But you know, trying to form communities. You've got neighborhoods and people, um, perhaps in your immediate area that you can walk with. I saw one of my neighbors running last night and I thought, yes, I should be joining her soon. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, have an event like a 5K um, to kind of train and get ready for, I think is a good precursor to um, some longer events and just to kind of kicking off the year in a very, very positive way. And this is a fantastic opportunity, obviously, to um, just, you know, remember um, Addie and uh, the legacy that she has left behind, which is has really been amazing. So Rhonda, thank you so much for telling us a little bit about this event. Uh, folks, I have put the link in the comment section, the Facebook page. Um, just if you are on Facebook, you can also just look up Addison Kelly Butterfly 5K and you can get registered for this. Again, it's Saturday, the 4th of um, February at um, 6 a.m. in the morning at Kimana Bay, Forum Lane, and the Paseo is where they're going to start. Registration is available online. Those of you who are overseas and also want to participate, uh, please know that you can um, honor Addison uh, by also doing it in your communities, no matter where you are in the world. So this is fantastic. Yeah. All right. Anything else, um, Rhonda, on this that you'd like to mention about the event? No, I'm just, yeah, thankful for all the support. We're going to do a little increase on December 31st to try and encourage people to register this month so we can get some numbers because obviously we have to order everything. So Right. Absolutely. And will you send me um, your flyer details uh, so we can make sure that we share that and put that up as well? So, folks, this is a fantastic event. Thank you, Cayman Islands Health City or Health City Cayman Islands for supporting this. And all the other, um, you know, NPOs and community uh, efforts that they're involved in, 
it's really last week we were talking about the importance of I think on Wednesday of good corporate citizens, and uh, this just highlights why it's so important. And yeah, we we want to be part of the success of this and many other initiatives that really help our community. Shamari. No, definitely. And um, just once again, Rhonda, thank you and your team for all that you do. And we're, you know, delightful, delighted to be a part of the marathon. Six years running and look mm -hmm. forward to grow with you as you continue to grow um, and expand. And, and obviously with with the new walk run that you'll be putting on for a special cause, we look forward to being involved in that in the future. And Sandy, as always, great to be on here. Um, when Whenever I'm not on, people let me know. Yes. <laughs> so that means people are definitely, definitely listening. And um, good morning, Kiman, and look forward to um, seeing you over the Christmas, Sandy. We'll be here next week. I think that might be our last one before the Christmas. I can't recall. I have to look at the okay. schedule. But well, we we're, we're here you... right up until the 24th, folks. And we got lots of prizes and giveaways for you. So, so we need sure. to give you some of those prizes as well so you yes, can give to your, to your audience. Absolutely. Uh, we love definitely, a good prize. Definitely. Look forward to next week, and I think it's either next week or the week after. But you okay. know, we'll we'll get, check the schedules and have you know some important gifts for our last yes game studio. Yes, sounds wonderful. Love it. Thank you so much, Shamari. Again, um, with Health City Cayman Islands, um, he is the chief business officer, and of course, Rhonda Kelly, who's the chief executive officer for Kelly Holdings. And earlier, we had Dr. Alwyn Almeida, who's a senior consultant orthopedic surgeon. And uh, Dr. Alwyn, uh, just amazing. And you guys should check him out if you require those services. So again, thank you both so much for joining us this morning. Thank you so much. Have a great day, Sandy. All right, folks. And uh, don't forget now, our next conversation coming up is all about physicians who lie. Oh, what are you saying, Bobo? Yes, honey child, we're going to have to get on that conversation. But before we do so, let's take a minute to take a brief uh, commercial break and hear this message from CUC. Now, CUC has been um, very, very busy on a number of initiatives, including what they say is their road to renewables. Now, this is quite interesting, so pay attention, folks. Renewables are very important to CUC. The environment's going to benefit. The customers are going to benefit. It is the future. It's not a matter of if it's coming, it's when. We can't stop. We do need the change. Really, really excited to talk about how we're going to get a lot of renewable energy on the grid. We have been working on bringing renewable energy to Grand Cayman for many years now and produced our integrated resource plan back in 2016. Looking at how we can most effectively not only get renewable energy, but reduce the CO2 impact of CUC's operations, you hear the comments or the misnomers that you know, CUC is married to diesel and quite frankly that there couldn't be anything that's further from the truth. We know that renewable energy is the right thing to do. There's a lot of value by using renewable energy, battery energy storage within your integrated grid. A, a lot of time has to be put together to do your research, understand what it is that you're wanting to put out there. CUC has the ability to, to lead that transition, right? And, and be the first for not only Cayman, but the region. It's gonna be so worth it. It's what I come to work for every single day to know what we're working on is gonna set the country up for success 
It's going to be a foundational element of, of the economy. Bringing the public along with us is one of the key things to make a success out of it. Just to make sure that we're doing our part to reach those United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. Our team has been equipped, uh, trained, developed. Uh, if we get a go-ahead tomorrow, we start. And I, I see it in, in the future, it's, and it's not that far away. It could be as little as five or six years away where we'll have times of the day where we are 100% renewable. All right, folks, welcome back to the program. Um, so we're gonna talk a little bit about, uh, all right. Sorry, <laughs> a bunch of distractions. So let's, let's talk a little bit before we get into the, um, the physicians who've been less than honest with us. Let us first um, talk a little bit about uh, what I was up to because I know y'all were missing me and I was missing you too, honey chill. So listen, I took a quick little trip away and I have just plugged in the, the phone. It was completely dead. Um, so let me just make sure that's connected. You guys can call in to the program. Yes. And uh, join us this morning. So let me just uh, make sure that the mic is on and you guys are able to call into the board. Very good. Beautiful. Looks good. So decided to just take a quick trip. Um, you know, tis the season, folks. What can I tell you? Christmas is right around the corner. I had to get prizes and surprises for all of you and had to pick up a few things for the fam fam and, um, you know, run a few errands. I was supposed to be getting my new studio computer, but it turns out that that wasn't there despite the fact that Amazon claimed it was supposed to be delivered on Friday, but these things happen. Eh, we'll leave that alone. Kim and Airways was getting on my nerves yesterday when I was traveling back. I'll tell you all about that a bit later on, maybe on tomorrow's program. But all in all, it was a very successful trip. I got a lot done and I was busy as a bee. So busy as a bee, meaning I was running all over the place, y'all. I mean, my poor little feet are tired. My bonk is tired. My legs tired. I need to be stretching this morning, like Doctor, um, you know, uh, Doctor Al said this morning, and um, I, I just need to. Yes, I, uh, Doctor Alwyn said you need to stretch. You need to soak. You need to do whatever. I feel like my feet need a good Epsom salt soak later on this evening. So, gotta get in recovery mode. Imagine getting tired from shopping, but I was doing a lot of walking. You know what I'm saying? Carrying bags and walking. It's a lot on the body. What can I say? And some of these malls, my God, they're supersized. So there I was in Broward Mall. Um, I actually stayed most of the time in Fort Lauderdale. And um, I was actually on a phone call in the food court. And I had this Jamaican lady walk up to me and said, hey, miss, are you Sandy? Sandy from the Cayman Islands? I was like, what? And she's like, yes. My mom says she watches you and her mom was with her. I just had to laugh and I said, yeah, that's me. Listen, I expect to see people in Miami because you know Caymanians. We go to like the same five spots in Miami all the time, but all the way in Fort Lauderdale, you kind of almost felt a little bit safe going to Fort Lauderdale and that you wouldn't really run into anyone. But there you have it. The most, you know, bizarre thing um, in Broward Mall. Um, there I am just standing up in the food court on a call and somebody recognized me. Mm. You can... You can't hide. You can't hide. So um, on Saturday, I spent a good part of Saturday in Fort Lauderdale because I, I keep a, not in Fort Lauderdale, my apologies, in Miami. 
because I keep a mailbox in the Miami area. And of course, uh, saw my cousin <laughs> leaving the mailbox, saw another person. She's like, oh boy, you can't hide from my road. You know, my road all over the place. And I said, yes, honey, chill. We all over. And then I went shopping at uh, um, Dolphin Mall. And in the in the shop, I only went in one store in Dolphin Mall. And of course, I saw Keymanians because you all know. We all shopping at the same places too. So um, there you have it. It was great. Uh, good weekend. Spent it with some family. Um, Marlon's got family that lives in, in Fort Lauderdale. They grew up in the States and everything. So um, it was kind of interesting because I took them some patties. Big shout out, shout out as well to um, Island Taste Patties because I ordered a couple patties. They told me, hey, now when you travel with patties, you know, they're cooked, they're frozen. So you won't have any issues getting through with customs with these. And uh, yeah, everything was good. They had some cocoa bread. I took them some um, bun and cheese. You know, they don't always get these things as easily, but child, they were all into. And of course, Cayman's number one export. I had to take them some rum cakes as well. And so I took the uh, the six pack with all the different flavors. And they said, you know, you brought us rum cake before. We had like the chocolate and the original. But now, um, Christine was saying now that she's tasted all the different flavors, she really likes the key lime. And I was like, really? I don't think I've ever tried the key lime. So I got to go and get a sample of that key lime rum cake and see what we're talking about. But um, yeah, they loved all that island flavor stuff. Um, they were trying to cook. <laughs> One of the cousins, her daughter, um, was trying to cook some curry chicken. Child, I had to step in and rescue that curry chicken because somebody supposedly taught her how to cook curry chicken. I was like, no, 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 Didi. I don't know what the hell this is supposed to be, but there's not no curry chicken. Oh, man, she put too much water in it. And it was like watered down. I was like, oh, let me try and rescue your curry chicken. You need some good, get, start chopping this up for me. Chop up my onions, get my scallions, get my, my, my bell pepper. I mean, like, oh, I was like, girl, hand me that curry. Hand me the curry and I'm going to help you out now. So uh, by the time you're finished with it, it's more like shredded curry. But it still worked out in the end. And uh, one, of, one of their sons, he's so funny. He's like, but my chicken has bone in it. I was like, honey child, chicken is supposed to have bone. <laughs> curry chicken is supposed to have bone. There's ain't no breast stuff going on here. So I said, yes, you use the bone when you cook curry chicken. I said, y'all have lost your Caribbean-ness. Ah, man, you need to be sucking a little chicken bone. And, you know, I'm not going to be, now I might suck on it a little bit, but I'm not going to be one of them biting it and chewing it up and eating it. We're not going that far with it. But, um, yes, some of these kids have lost their um, their connections to the region. So we need to reintroduce them to that little bit of uh, Jamaica and Cayman flavor, you know? So all in all, it was a really successful weekend. Um, you know, got a few things sorted out for, you You know, if you're on my special list of five, you know who you are and you know that Santa will be taking care of you as usual this Christmas. So I'll have to sort out when I can actually go back to get what, what kind of the main thing that I was going for, which was a studio computer. Um, hopefully it'll eventually show up. I don't know if there's a shortage on some part or something and they're trying to still work it out. All right. Good morning to Miss Darlene. Uh, good morning to Lavana, and I know all of you were um, very much wondering where I was. So we did a pre-recorded show on Friday with Miss Mary. I got tons of positive feedback, Miss Mary Lawrence. <clears throat> I should say the Honorable Mary Lawrence, uh, former Speaker of the House. Um, lots of positive feedback on that. She took us through a very 
detailed tour of the Nurse Josie Center there in Bontown. And all of you were like, Sandy, all kids need to do this. I mean, it's just such an amazing event. Um, event. Well, it should be an event because all y'all should be going. But um, we did the tour with her. And so we made it one of her uh, on Voices segment. Big shout out to, um, so far, our only sponsor for that segment, which is a DART organization. And yes, <laughs> I see someone messaging me. She, um, th this individual has placed herself in, on my top five lists, on the friendship list. And she now has promoted herself, not once, but twice. So she's gone from five to four. And now she says she is skirting right into the, um, the number three position. Imagine the cheekiness of her. Honey, chill. She says, number three, skirting right in. <laughs> and trust me when I tell you, you kind of want to be in my top five because I am the best gift giver ever. I love, love, love this time of year because I'm a giver. You know, everybody talks about their love languages. You know about this whole love language thing. Well, my love language is, you know, I love you when I give you something. Even if it's just a little piece of chocolate, child, you're like, oh, Sandy got a little special place in her heart for me because she gave me a little toast of chocolate. I love to give. I think that's one of the reasons why I sort of innately want to help people, you know, because that's part of the whole giving part of my personality. So, yes, I love to give. And child, speaking of giving, mm -mm -mm, don't worry. CMR, y'all are family too. We have got some fantastic prizes, everything from books organizers. We got 2023 calendars. We have, um, oh my goodness. Remember the, um, some of y'all were all crazy about these before, but remember the bottle, um, where you can put like your oil in it and then you can use it sparingly when you cook so we can cook healthier. We got some of those to give away. We got a little speaker set. We got all sorts of stuff in my CMR Santa bag. So don't worry. Even if you're not in my top five, you might not even notice honey child, cause you'll be getting something too. I'm so super, super excited that Christmas is here. Tis the season. It is December. And uh, what can I say? It is my favorite time of the year, the holidays. We spend it with family. And it's the right thing to do to just spend it with your loved ones and have an amazing time. So make sure you stay tuned to find out more about how you can uh, win those prizes going into the Christmas holiday season. And we'll be having some of our corporate sponsors come on board and of course, Shamari said, you know, see, um, Health City will jump in. They'll do a donation. We'll have Waffle Monkeys, Burger King, which by the way, Burger King is actually celebrating their 40th anniversary this month. And so we're going to be talking to them about that promotion because they got a lot of giveaways that they're going to be giving you as well. So um, stay tuned for all of those amazing uh, details. And we will... Um, definitely uh, get you that. I wonder if we couldn't get some CUC vouchers. Like I'm going to reach out to everybody I can to beg a little gift uh, for you guys. Yeah. Um, so let me just send a quick note to someone. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. So um, yeah, so that's what we'll be doing. So good morning. To Ms. Darlene, she says, um, Sandy, beautiful blouse that you're wearing today. Thank you so much. Miss Dorothy is here. Paul is in the house. He says, CMR is looking lovely today. Thank you. Um, 
Marshall says, don't forget you were caught using the male bathroom. <laughs> yes. Well, let me wrap up the whole weekend. So, um, so yes, you know, I went to the airport and I don't know why there's always a line at the airport by that F3 gate for the women's bathroom, but shall the line was out the door and I was like, listen, yeah, my bladder is not going to be waiting. I knew five, six women to get into that one stall. So I've done it before and I did it again yesterday. I went into the men's bathroom. I always give them a little shout out before I go in. Hello, is there anybody in there? Because I don't want anybody accusing me of trying to, you know, take a peek at anything. So I do give them a warning. Hello, are you in there? Nobody answered. Their bathroom is always empty. So I'm like, oh, I'm going in because, you know, they have two stalls in there. Yes. So and what I find is that most men don't use the stalls. So the stalls are normally safe for women. They're pretty clean and they're okay, you know? So anyway, um, I went in there and then I heard someone come in the stall next door and I was like, hey, woman in the bathroom, just FYI, don't come out, you know, half naked or anything. I'm in here. And the person didn't respond. So I was like, all right, whatever. <laughs> but yes, Marshall, I did have to use the bathroom. And, you know, when you got to go, you got to go. And I was in now in tutus and that, the one I went and had like the sink and everything so I could quickly wash my hands and get out of there. So um, it was it was great. Thank you guys um, so much for reminding me of that. So the funny thing is when I was coming out of the bathroom, of course, I ran into Rex. Uh, Ebank, Rex was about to go in and he's like, oh, God, what are you doing in the men's bathroom? And I was like, mm-hmm. he said, I can take a picture of you and I'm going to send it to Sherry Ann and tell Sherry Ann to pass it on to CMR. <laughs> What a hot mess, my dear. Um, all I can tell you is, yeah, mm-hmm. crazy. All right, so listen, a um, couple of birthday shout-outs from the weekend, by the way. So big birthday shout-out to Mary um, Stewart, a.k.a. Pesce. Her birthday is the third or the second. I always get hers confused. But she's the third, and then I think Kevin is the fourth, um, I believe. So Kevin Dawkins. My former good, good friend, still wishing you a beautiful and happy birthday. You're looking good. I see that it looks like you've lost a couple pounds, Shell. So keep it up. His birthday was three days ago, um, December the 2nd. So if he's the second, then, I mean, sorry, December the 3rd. If he's the third, that means that Mary is the second because she's one day before him. So happy birthday to um, both of uh, those individuals. I'm sure um, Kevin had a fantastic time. He knows how to live it up. And I'm sure Mary had a good birthday as well. So uh, did I ever show you guys my favorite all-time picture of Mary and Gianna? Oh my God, I got to share this with you. I love, love, love this picture. This is from six years ago. Um, Gigi was just a little tiny thing, her first Christmas. And we were, uh, we had gone out to a brunch. I can't remember if it was for Mary's birthday. It might've been actually. And so we were there in full force um, supporting our friend. And we were at the Weston and it was her and her family. And uh, let me show you guys this picture because I just love, let me see if I can find it now. I just absolutely love this photo of, of, um, of Gianna and Mary. They almost look like they could be related. Like <laughs> Gigi looks like she was, she was, uh, let me see now. Hold on. Let me, let me try to save it. She looks like she could be Auntie Mary's little pumpkin. They're so cute together. Oh, my gosh. So, um, you know, babies go through different phases. And 
what can I tell you when they're, when they're like really, really young, some of them are so cute. Some babies are not that cute when they're first born, you know, you got to kind of go, eh. yeah, okay. They're going to grow into their looks, but, um, Gigi kind of came out cute from day one. I must say, I mean, I'm not saying that just cause she's my child. I'm just saying, <laughs> but look, look at that. Isn't that cute? And her shirt says, I'm pretty sure I'm a princess. Oh, look at that little face. Oh my goodness. So cute. But doesn't she look like Mary there? Totally adorbs. So um, yes, that's the two of them. Um, Auntie Mary. And then as, as Gigi was growing up, Auntie Mary would come and help me with the hair. She'd be like, oh, I'll, I'll fix her hair for you. I said, thank God, because somebody's got to fix it. <laughs> Wasn't going to be me. But happy birthday, Mary, a special friend for 20-something plus years. Uh, we go all the way back to, um, you know, the first day, folks, that Mary showed up at Maples and called her. I was there to greet her at the reception desk. And so um, we have been friends ever since. And I remember her little one, um, Chanel, who's now a big woman. <laughs> These kids have grown up so fast. Um, she was about six months old, I think, at the time. And one day we were going, I think we were like by Casanova's or somewhere, but we were going somewhere. And Mary's like, here, hold Chanel. You know, I was still scared of babies. And I was like, oh my God, don't give me your baby. I might drop her. So I held on to her really, really tight. And then she made my back go out. And believe me, she was not a heavy baby. But when you're not used to holding something like a baby, oh, I had a sore back after that. But anyway, lots and lots of fond memories. A big shout out to Kevin as well. 15 plus years. Um, but we're having a little moment right now because of Miss K-Man, but that's all right. Speaking of Miss K-Man, today is day two of her trial. So she took the stand yesterday and honey child, that girl is denying all the charges. She's just saying that she never did it and that uh, she was, you know, Kung Fu kicking people down in the name of self-defense. Mm -mm -mm. That is her story. And that's what she's sticking to. It's a little bit strange, and we're going to do a write-up a little bit later on because I need to review. I wasn't in court yesterday. I was still, I was traveling. So I need to review the notes um, that my assistant took for me. But it's safe to say that her version of events for the 24-year-old is very, very different. And uh, it includes the second that she opened the door that the victim, who we have not named, um, pushed her down is what she wants to claim and was basically trying to assault her. And then everything that followed after that, that she did to him and his son and the vehicles was all in the name of self-defense. Mm, we'll see if the judge believes her story. I don't believe it, just for the record, in case you're wondering. I think it's a bunch of cockamamie. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the woman uh, has shown a degree of rage, not just on this occasion, but on previous occasions, um, part of part of it was captured on the CCTV footage of the detention center. So that was the prosecution wrapping up their case yesterday. And uh, they did show some of that. And um, yeah, you know, she claims that um, the, the, the victim, um, that she was the victim who's been manipulated and deliberately set up. Oh my God. Anyway, I don't want to talk about Tiffany today. <laughs> Even thinking about her right now does my head in. We'll dedicate, once once the trial's over today, we'll dedicate some time to her um, a bit later on. Because this story is just, you can't make this shit up. Like, seriously, <laughs> you really can't make it up. Whew, she wants to be the victim. Yeah, okay. And she had all the uh, all the Miss K-Man committee members hoodwinked, apparently. Anyway, honey, chill. Uh, let's see who's in the house. Gabby's here. She says, that I miss any tea? 
Girl, the best part coming right up because we're going to talk about Doctor's Hospital. I'm very, very salty about Doctor's Hospital. I got to tell you, I really feel a way about when people lie to me. And Doctor's Hospitals, they have lied. And I don't know why. Oh, my God. Give me a second. Let me sip on my tea and calm down a little bit. Huh. Anyway, Kim and Airways, can we please, for the love of God, get some staff back at the counter, some Caymanian staff back at the counter in Miami. I would love to see when I'm coming into my own country, some beautiful Cayman kind, Caymanian faces. I think Marilyn was on vacation. She was in there. I didn't see her. And boy, do I miss that. And they have a, they have a different concept of customer service. Now I was trying to, oh Lord, let me just share the story. Call her one second. So um, I had to open up a box to stick something in the box, right? And I had boxes. So what I did this time to save myself the headache, I told my mailbox people, listen, just pack up my stuff for me. I ain't got no time to be spending two hours trying to pack and open up packages. And you guys do it. I'll pay you a couple shillings to do that for me. That's fine. And uh, it just makes my life easier. Sometimes you got to know how to make your life a little bit easier, right? So anyway, um, so I had some boxes. I get to the airport and I realize um, the porter said, oh yeah, put this in one of those boxes. And I said, oh yeah, because they oh, they packed the boxes and they stuffed them with paper because there was still space in them, but I didn't have anything else to go in, right? So I was like, oh, that's a good idea. So I opened it up. Then I was looking for tape to close it back. Guess what? Came in Airways, not got no tape. Now I said, hold on just a second. Yeah. Cayman Airways ticket counter don't have tape? Do you guys not know who we are? As Caymanians, the only reason we go to Miami, honey child, is to shop and maybe stop into Red Lobster for one evening of the trip. Nobody going to, you know, medical stuff, maybe. Y'all don't have to go anymore because you got Health City. But, you know, I'm just like, what do you think you guys are here for? The luggage, to check in people and their luggage. Jeez, I'm peace. It doesn't take much foresight to know you need a little bit of packing tape at the counter. Right? They're like, oh, we ran out. The office said we ran out. We don't have any more. Can someone please go to Costco, Sam's Club, Walmart, anybody in Miami and get a case of tape and leave it at the Cayman Airways counter? So thankfully, there was a lady there. I don't even know her name, but big shout out to her. Showed me some Cayman kind. And as I was um, uh, walking around the whole airport looking for tape, she said, are you okay? Uh, you need any help? And I said, honey, Chad, I'm looking for some tape. She said, girl, you are in luck. She travels with her own packing tape, which I'm going to start doing now, too, thanks to Cayman Airways. So she travels. <laughs> I hear you, Charlene. She travels with her own packing tape and her carry-on luggage because she's like, you're always going to need it. And I said, wow, I've never needed it in all my life. But here you go. Cayman Airways never had any. And it got me to thinking when I was talking to these young ladies, you know, I, I know that they're focused on the Cuban flight because apparently Cayman Airways makes so much money off of the Cuban flights. Uh, could they be loaded down with packages? So much so that TSA will no longer take note now, Caymanians. They're starting to weigh your carry-on because the Cubans were taking advantage of it. And they were carrying all 25, one suitcase weighed 25, 30 pounds, 40 pounds, all kind of foolishness. And they were like, no, 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 no. You can't be packing all that stuff in one little carry-on. So um, now the limit is 15 pounds. So make sure you know that carry on can't be heavy. Anyway, uh, Miss Charlene, good morning. Good morning. I was just calling to ask about Soka. Um, oh. If she, you had seen her or whether no, she had a blow up. She must be on vacation because I know some no, no Caymanians at that counter. Oh, okay. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Well, you know, she would have had everything there, um, mm-hmm. including that shriek. Hey, you going? Oh, I was, I know. you know, I, I was all perturbed yesterday, really, and the phone wouldn't work to send a text or anything. I didn't want to call because if it was something, I, I don't business call it. Um, so, you know, lots and lots of people were kind of, what do we call it, beclept. Oh, because we yeah. didn't have a show. Yes, honey, chow. I thought, I say, okay, well, the board must be gone out because the board was everything. It, it was chipping out, chipping out, chipping out. So well, the board must have gone out. And then when, when you know, oh, God, we were kind of out of it. And then, you know, you got this terrible flu going about. So, mm-hmm. wow, people who well, had it, who had it said it is even worse than COVID. So I was kind of worried about that. And then that was happening. You're going away to hear it. Yes. If you had seen I don't, I don't normally tell people in advance when I'm traveling, but I tell them afterwards <laughs> when I get back. Uh, I know. But I know that, um, you know, she must be gone then, you know, like that. But, um, yeah, it was it was a dull day. Um, yeah. And I would like to send birthday greetings, if I could, mm-hmm. just to two people. One I know and another one I don't know. Mm-hmm. For Miss Loise, um, Baden, and um, I don't know for sure what this year. And for Mr. Jeff Ebanks, and I can't forget Mimi and Miss Alice. Happy birthday, ladies, when it comes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank Have you so much, one. honey. Bye. I appreciate it. Bye. So, correction uh, Kevin is the third and Mary is the fourth. I always do it was like one day. Two days back to back. So she comes a day after him. She's like, Chai, you should know my birthday by now after 20 something years. I know, right? I'm the worst with dates. Um, this person says that they're going to have my Higgler license revoked because I think you should bring your own tape. I always carry my own tape. Well, honey, child, now I know. Now I know. Mm-mm-mm. What a hot mess. Uh, yeah, well, I guess I'll be carrying my own tape from now on. Um... Well, I, I've like I said, you know, I kind of expected Cameron Arias to have a little piece of tape that they could give me. My goodness. I mean, I don't mind paying for my excess luggage. And trust me, they made a pretty penny off of me yesterday. And I don't mind. I come in. I pay my customs duty. I'm not going to complain about that stuff. But is it asking too much for a little bit of customer service? Hey, hello, Jonathan. There you are. Uh, Miss Dorothy says, watching from Florida. I just love it here in CMR. Oh, thank you. Um, what is Jonathan talking about? In today's world, they just might think you're something else. Oh, because I go in the men's bathroom? Ask me if I care, first of all. <laughs> Let's start there. And the, oh my goodness. And then I'll tell you, I don't give a damn. I saw you talking about humbug. This is Christmas. Get in the season, son. Um, thank you, Sandra. Uh-huh. Um, uh, Aliana says, morning to all. Miss Sandy, you up in the men's mind out. What? Mind them Republicans come for you. Oh, poor them. Oh, child. They'll, they'll, they'll survive. They'll live. They'll be okay. Um, Jim is having a good laugh about Red Lobster. Now, you know, Caymanians, we are very, very predictable. And you know what is so funny about this whole thing? Because I grew up in the States, I don't have the background of like growing up going to Miami and stuff. I actually don't really like Miami. It's not my favorite city for more reasons than one. Ugh. Don't get me started 
and the Cubanos who know hablo English, okay? And you live for 50 years in Miami and you don't speak any English. Oh, Lord Jesus. I was like, I get it. I know you're from Cuba and you live in Little Havana, whatever, but can you learn some freaking English? Is it too much to ask? You live in America. Anyway, <laughs> they, uh, the GPS, I wanted to get a, a SIM card when I went there, right? So I thought, oh, yes. Um, I got my little, um, I still, I still use the traditional Garmin map thing. It's, it's great. Tells me where I got to go. I don't get lost and whatever. So I just put in there mobile, take me to mobile shop and shall. I don't know what kind of Miami, what part of Miami took me to, but believe me, you, when I tell you, it's not an area that I would, I would ordinarily go in. Okay. Yes. I can be a little bit stush about certain things. And for security reasons, there are certain parts of Miami that I would not be caught dead or alive in, if I could help it. So, um, anywho, I go, follow these directions. Uh, obviously, it was kind of close-ish close, close -ish to the airport. And I could tell, you can tell when you're in a grungy neighborhood, honey, chill. And here I am in this neighborhood, and I'm like, oh my gosh, no, this is not where I want to be. So I get out in this plaza. There's like a um, uh, mobile, what was it called? It wasn't T-Mobile, it was something else. Mobile something. And then another one that's lesser known. Anyway, go to the first one. That guy was all right. He spoke some English, thank God. And he's like, no, because I'm looking for just data. I just wanted a data sim because I have my MiFi device. I don't need anything else from you guys. Flo got me covered and phone calls and whatever. So, um, but I want to be able to connect like laptops and other stuff. So he's like, no, you know, um, go two doors down. There is a shop in there, so. I go two doors down, honey child. Here, here we go now. The, the woman who don't speak, no. Actually, she spoke English. She just had really poor customer service. She was on the phone the entire time on a personal phone call. And I'm like, you know, I want to find out about SIM card. She's like, no. And she just kept having her personal phone call. I was like, excuse me? And I just stood there to see if she was going to be like, okay, uh, mamacita, yo tengo un customer, you know, um, you know, uh, voy or something. Like, I got to go, like something. Oh, no, honey, child. she just continued conversation like I did not exist. And I was like, wow. Wow. Customer services, poor customer service is not unique to the Cayman Islands. It's bad all over the world, apparently. So anyway, I just walked out of the store and I did take a picture of the store because I want to know who owns that store. Do they wonder why your store is empty and why you're not getting any customers? It's because you have somebody hired in there who's on a personal phone call and not paying your customers any mind. And of course, let's be very, very honest. The Cubans in Miami treat you differently because you're not Cuban. Mm -hmm. And you don't speak it Espanol. Mm -hmm. So then in the same plaza, I went to a little Cuban restaurant on the end. And I said, hey, by the way, what's the name of the, the uh, they had like an outside window. That's very popular with Cuban restaurants in Miami. It's a thing that they've adopted from Cuba. They brought the, the restaurant, but you can still go to the outside window and place your order. So the woman's like, um, you no speak, I don't speak no, no, no English. And I said, well, you spoke that much. <laughs> really? No speaking? I was like, oh, here we go. And then she just walked off. And I'm like, does anybody speak English? Is anybody going to be willing to help? What if I wanted to order some food? No, they're not interested in you because you don't speak English. I was like, you know what? Let me try and go to Doral, where at least I'll find Spanish-speaking people who do speak a little bit of English. <laughs> Jeez, I'm peace. Mm -mm -mm. What a mess. Um, speaking of bad and, and good customer service, I went in JCPenney's. Y'all know I love me at Penny's. 
I'm still looking for the last remaining Sears in all of Miami. And the GPS had me driving all over and I still haven't found it all now. But if you know where there's a Sears that is still open in Miami, please let me know. I want to visit one more time for old time's sake. Anyway, it took me someplace again. I was like, oh, completely lost. I don't know where the heck that was. That had been closed for years. So I go into Penny's and then I was in that mall. I forget which mall that was. Oh, that, I think that was Broward. And then I said, oh, let me go to Macy's. I don't normally go in Macy's. But I'm like, oh, let me go to Macy's. Honey, child. The customer service was night and day. Everybody in Macy's was greeting me. So much so that I'm thinking, uh, do they get an extra bonus for a good morning? <laughs> mm. I'm like, every time they say good morning, are they getting like a little $5 gift card or something? Because they were all, oh, good morning. Can we help you? Do you need anything? I was like, what? This level of customer service and retail, I have not seen in a minute, Shall. I was blown away. Good, good job, Macy's. In fact, <clears throat> I made an unexpected purchase in Macy's. I didn't intend to buy anything. I was just having to look around. And I, buy, I ended up buying two things. Mm -hmm. So big shout out to the staff at Macy's who apparently are hustling for their money. The perfume lady was like, I gave you three gifts. And I was like, really? What are the three gifts? Because, you know, they like to add on stuff. I used to work in a, um, what store was that? I used to be at the, I used to be at not the, um, you know, cosmetics and, and perfume are always in the same area. One of my jobs was at the, um, as a cosmetics um, for this brand that most of you probably have never heard of, but it's called Shiseido. And um, yeah, they work in commission. They be hustling and I'll, I'm all about the hustle, honey chill. So listen, let's talk about doctor's hospital. So when I was, um, <laughs> listen, I, I don't. Oh, Lord, where can we start with this story? First of all, I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again, because clearly the administrators over at Doctors Hospital were not paying attention when I said it. And it it's not directed at anybody. It's a general statement, right? Please do not lie to me. Hmm? I mean, kill me with the cold, hard truth. You know, that's what the song says, as opposed to telling me a well-dressed lie. The most interesting thing about it is most of your lie is not even well-dressed. Y'all are the worst at lying, so that's why you shouldn't do it. So you will remember um, on the 18th of last month, we posted up that there was an altercation between two physicians at uh, Doctor's Hospital. We posted on our Facebook page. Uh, let me see if I can find the post. I'm gonna tell y'all exactly what it said. And um, essentially said that there was an allegation that after some sort of a dispute, one of the doctors had um, assaulted another doctor. Now y'all were in a state of shock. Oh my God, I can't believe it. Oh my gosh, you know, uh, eh, eh, eh. Okay, I said, listen, people are human beings and that means that sometimes they're unpredictable. Sometimes people step out of character. Like me yesterday, if you saw me at the counter, one woman was like, oh, Sandy, I saw that look on your face. How are you looking at that agent? Yes, honey chow. We all have those moments where you're like, oh, this woman caused me to step out of character. Now, stepping out of character for me would be like, I'd probably just tell her a couple choice words. I'm not going to jump over the counter and beat her up. But some of y'all stepping out of character means that you're going to be laying hands and fingers and toes, Tiffany, on people. And, you know, that's a different kind of stepping out of character, right? That takes it to 
a much different level. And we don't, we don't advocate violence around the place. We advocate self-defense now. If you got to defend yourself, that's one thing. But violence, unprovoked violence is just absolutely unacceptable. Anyway, y'all didn't want to believe me. And uh, you were like, no, this doctor is such a nice guy. You know, blaming the little old man. What happened? He must have pissed him off. I wasn't there. And I don't know how much pissing off went on. But in a professional environment, when you're a physician, listen, you got to just keep you cool. Uh -uh. No, honey child, you can't be laying your hands on people. Anyway, we posted it up. I know within minutes of us posting the up, health, um, let me not confuse the place now, doctor's hospital. They were on the hunt, wanting to know who gave me this information. Y'all, please go take several seats. Who gave me the information is none of your business. Uh, why am I even getting this information in terms of why is one physician laying hands on the other physician should have been your only concern. Tell me, how did Sandy get this information? Hmm. And you know, the sad thing is they always want to be blaming the one real Caymanian that works there as a physician, the one or two. Now y'all stop it because no physician told me about this. Let me set the record straight from now. Cause I know y'all be targeting people thinking, oh, Sandy talks to so-and-so said, I gotta be her source. Let me say it again for all of you in the back of the classroom. No physician, and I'm telling the truth, unlike health, unlike doctor's hospital now, no physician gave me this information. Now, doctor's hospital, what you do in the dark always comes to light. You cannot be lying and think that it is going to just go so. Okay. So the first thing they did was issue this statement. Uh, official statement, the senior leadership team of Doctors Hospital is aware of an incident involving two members of staff this evening, including circulating news of a physical altercation. It is our belief that uh, there are no circumstances in any dispute that justify the use of physical means and Doctors Hospital has a zero tolerance policy, so they claim, under any circumstances. Mm -hmm. We're obviously responding to this news immediately and at the highest level, really. Mm -mm -mm. Uh, yeah, so they claim. Let's go on. Um, they go on to say that, um, however, it is also vital as well as fair and professional towards uh, all concern that the facts are sought and this is our immediate priority. There's no room for either under or overreaction in such circumstances and we appreciate some brief patience whilst we ascertain all of the facts in this case. We will respond further as soon as the true circumstances are clear and unambiguous. And this is signed by Dr. Med Yaron uh, Rado, who's the chairman of the board of directors. Well, good for them. They came in hot and heavy, you know, using words that we like to like to hear. Oh, you know, under no circumstances, physical abuse in the workplace, blah, blah, blah. Okay. I'm thinking, all right, well, let's see what happened. Now, if you recall, the last time I spoke about this around the time of the incident, I said, nothing will come of this. <laughs> this is the kind of thing that doctor's hospital will want to move past as quickly as they possibly can. So I wasn't expecting anything earth shattering, 
But what I wasn't expecting was a bold-faced lie and trying to gaslight CMR. Now, now, now you're gone and done pissed me off, okay? Mm-hmm. So here's what they did. They took over a week from the 18th to the 28th. They had plenty of time to, to think about how they wanted to respond to this. There is zero doubt that the incident happened. Listen, when I posted it up, there was zero doubt in my mind at the time that it happened. We saw alleged, we always say allegedly. Yeah. Got that little tip from TMZ. Even when you know it's a thousand percent, just throw in allegedly, honey chair. Mm-hmm. So these salty people over at Doctors Hospital decide to deny the fact that it happened. Not only do they do do they deny it, so on the 28th, they issued a follow-up statement. And it says, following an alleged assault by one member of the doctor hospital's medical staff and another, the senior leadership team conducted a full investigation, including interviewing both parties concerned. We acted immediately because behavior of this type alleged is not acceptable any, under any circumstances within the doctor's hospital group of companies. Firstly, and unequivocally, there was no assault Jeez, I'm peace. Why y'all lying? Why are y'all... Hold on now. I need a little button up in here. What? 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 I need a... I need a button that says y'all a bunch of liars. I don't have that one yet. Jeez, I'm... Doctor's Hospital, you're forcing me to get a uh, you're a bunch of liars button. But seriously, why are you lying? There was no assault? That is the best you come up with? Dr. Yaron Rattle? You've got to be kidding me. All right. Let us continue reading for the sake of a little bit of comic relief this morning. Hmm? Firstly, and unequivocally, unequivocally, what a big word, means that there's no room for any dispute. There was no assault or physical aggression, aggression of any kind. Lord Jesus, does this man go to church? Was he never taught? But you see, this is why y'all don't focus too much on church. Because whether you go to church or not, you must know to tell the truth. Anyway, or physical aggression of any kind between the two individuals, and the circulation of news in this case was both premature and wholly inaccurate, especially in reference, sorry, especially in its inference that Dr. Andrew Robinson had assaulted Dr. Azad Isak. The two individuals concerned, they put their titles and names, whatever, work closely together, discussing many professional matters, and it is obviously disappointing from all that energetic debate um, resulted in a story from what with such an implication. All right, let me just stop reading the BS right there. It does go on to talk about we urge individuals to consider the impact of what to them might have seemed like a moment of Friday gossip, but to Dr. Robinson, a kind and gentle person, an exceptional uh, physician renowned for his compassion and empathy, was obviously extremely hurtful. Stop the BS. Let me, th this is making me regurgitate in my mouth right now. I am literally throwing up. Doctor's Hospital, I'm calling you out this morning for the liars that you are. Why? Why? First of all, let me just tell you something. Y'all think I'm stupid. That's the only reason you would lie to me. Mm -hmm. Because you know, I'm the type of person Instead of lying to me, you just come straight and say, Sandy, 
This is what I tell my daughter all the time. Because you know, at the age of six, they want to deny everything. I keep telling her, Gianna, do not lie to me. Just tell me the truth. Because I'm going to go easier on you. Siobhan, what's that saying that you have about telling the truth and, and the punishment? Um, pull, pull it up. You're trying to slide into number three spot. Become useful now. Pull up and tell me what your daddy always used to tell you about lying. Because when you lie, you put yourself in a very different category. Hmm? Doctor's hospital, you're in a different category this morning. I've really lost respect that you could pen your name to this. And you have brought down your entire institution with this foul lie. Seriously, I'm just not feeling it at all. It's unfortunate. Right? So, you know, when I post something, I ask a question, I would say in about 95% of the times, I already know the answer. That's one of the things that they teach you in law school 101. Do not ask a question that you do not know the answer to. Because that's when your witness is going to shock you and you're going to be like, oh my God, I wasn't expecting that. I don't have a follow-up question. Mm-hmm. That's stupid. And when someone lies to you, right? That to me is an indication that they believe that you're pretty dumb. Hmm. Well, here you know. Obviously, Dr. Yado and everybody else at health at uh, Doctors Hospital thought that um, that I was born this size and that I must be pretty stupid. That's the only logical conclusion I can jump to. Because if they don't think that I knew what went down before I even posted it, and then in fact, I held off on posting it because I was going to see what was going to happen. All right, well, you know how we roll around here. There is more than one way to get to the truth. And so what they weren't counting on is that this little girl, little Sandy from Georgetown, might be a little smarter than them when it comes to certain things. Now, I'm no surgeon, right? I will relinquish all the medical expertise up to point to them. Yeah, you're a medical expert. You're the top-notch surgeon. You're this, you're that. Fine. But do tell. If you actually thought I'd be stupid enough not to contact the police. Mm, mm, mm. Hallelujah. Where, where is that kaboom? This is a bomb I'm going to drop on y'all. The police were called to doctor's hospital. What were they called for since you say unequivocally there was no assault that took place? They were called for good looks, so I mean, you know, I'm not going to say maybe some RCIPS members don't look half decent, but they don't get called and show up to the scene for nothing. Wow. You know, in the United States of America, when there's a domestic situation, and obviously this isn't quite a domestic situation, somebody is going to jail. American police don't have this philosophy now. They do not care. When you call them and they show up, he got a black eye, you got a bruised arm, both of you might be going to jail together. But they're going to remove somebody from the situation when they get a call. RCIPS got a call. Mm, mm, mm. Lord Jesus. 
So, you know, the RCIPS, sometimes you got to really put it to them specifically. So we email them from the 19th, the day after the incident. They took their sweet time and didn't say nothing. We followed up on the 28th at 4.51 p.m. Says, hello, hello. You see my email below? Do you intend on responding? Oh, sorry. Apologies for the delay. Really? Then they come back and say no arrests were made in the incident. Well, that was part of my question. Or maybe that was the question, but now I need to ask a little bit further. Because Doctors Hospital has just issued a statement, deny anything. And the worst part about this, Dr. Yaddo, you and I need to have a sit down because you have not only insulted me with your bold-faced lie, but then you tried to gaslight me and CMR with your half-baked cockamamie story, and I do not like it. You gaslight me by saying things like, oh, this is why media should be responsible. This is why media must get to the bottom of this. You, you, hold on, hold on. You wanna hear what the people them say? That we got it wrong. Yeah? That we got it wrong, premature, wholly inaccurate, then they go on talking about, oh, these two individuals and we've impacted Dr. Andrew Robinson's reputation. I don't give two hoots about Dr. Andrew's reputation anymore because he laid hands on an elderly man who's substantially older than him. And I don't care why he did it. The same way I'm going to hold little Tiffany Conley and her weave and her high heels accountable for her inappropriate behavior of putting hands on people, I'm going to hold a professional physician just as, or maybe even more responsible because Tiffany got anger management issues without a doubt. But she's also a young lady in her 20s. Dr. Andrew Robinson, you're in your 40s, a professional physician. I do expect, because you got 20 years on her, a little bit more. And so the chairman of the board, whoever else signed off on this foolishness, seriously? Oh, we, we've impacted his professional reputation. Disappointing about the energetic debate. You not hear energetic debate till you tune in this morning with your lies. You would have been better off, doctor's hospital, and your whole, whole entire chairman of the board to say nothing further. You put a lie out in the community and then you gaslight CMR talking about we're irresponsible. We've gotten it wrong. Oh, how you're disappointed. Well, let's talk about who is disappointed this morning. Huh? I'm disappointed in you all because you know what? This makes me step back and have a think. If they're going to lie about this, what else might they be lying about? Mm-hmm. Y'all want me to go there? If you're going to lie about something as simple as this and as easy to prove... I told y'all the last show I did on this, they're going to do nothing about it. I didn't expect the nothing to include a complete fabrication and trying to gaslight me and CMR by extension. They're lucky that I'm not suing them this morning for defamation. Because that's my reputation that's on the line. You calling me a liar in this big ass statement? And then, hold on now. They got the audacity to put it on their social media page and the little donkeys that are out there following them 
Y'all talking about, oh, y'all should sue her. You should sue Sandy. Sue who? Really? So all, all, the, all the people that jumping in, oh, y'all should sue her. And they can actually name. Here, here, Karen McGill Armstrong, the source should be sought and charged accordingly. Charged with what? Charged with telling the truth? Is that now a criminal offense in this country? Do tell me, Karen. Is it a criminal offense to tell the truth? I don't care who they are. And that's why I say on this platform all the time, y'all be getting salty, politicians, leaders of government. Listen, we are here committed to the truth, not to you as an individual. Not to you as a hospital. The truth is the truth. Huh? So honey child, I'm in Miami. And uh, Renee is going to work on the story. And I said, Renee, call these people what they are in the title. Call them a bold-faced liar. There's no other way. I'm not excusing their behavior. They have lied through their teeth. And not only have they lied, but then they attempted to gaslight us, making us look like we're the bad people here when we told the truth. Huh? You put it up on your page and you allow people to comment on it. Karen, uh, Camille Short, whoever promoted or gave, uh, gave publicly to this awful tale without also confirming is mainly responsible for the damage done to Dr. Robinson's good name. What good name, pray tell. If you assault somebody, you assault somebody. What makes him have a good name after he's put hands on someone? Oh, they were so ready to believe this lie. They're all up in the conversation. Slander's illegal. Here, Karen again. She must be a friggin' lawyer. Mm. Dr. Robinson has the right to sue. Slander's illegal. Uh, actually, you're right, Karen. So does that mean now that today I have a case of slander against Doctor's Hospital? because they've slandered CMR's reputation and mine, but by accusing us of premature, wholly inaccurate, incorrect, right? Of damaging somebody's professional reputation, which we did not. So now I have to wonder, what is good for the goose? Is it good for the gander? Mm, mm, mm. No, but this, this is one-sided, you see. This is how things work in this country. Anna. We speak the truth on a daily basis. Yeah? And the one time somebody wants to claim it's not the truth. Okay? Then all of a sudden, it was Nancy Harris talking about, uh, and I don't know who Nancy is, so she volunteers at Savannah Primary School. Um, she responds to Karen, oh, it's CMR. Uh, Nancy and all the rest of you, please get your information correct. How about that? So we went back to the police after their first non-response, really. They're like, yeah, yeah, nobody was arrested. And I said, no, 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 no. Let's, let's get it right. Okay. We need to know the nature of the complaint that was received. Why were you called up for the first place, et cetera, et cetera. Then they came back with the whole kitten and caboodle. They said at about 3.45 p.m., officers responded to a dispute between two persons known to each other at the location, which involved physical contact. Kaboom! 
Y'all heard that? Here, hold on. Hear it again. That's a nice way of saying that the man was assaulted. Physical contact. He, AKA, he was assaulted. You don't put your hands on people. Huh? That is an assault by its very definition. They go on to further state that the complainant was spoken to, that's a little old man, Dr. Um, Asak, and requested that the other person involved be warned. So in other words, he was happy to say, yeah, just tell him don't put his hands on me again. Because of course, now everybody's reputation is on the line here. Uh-huh. And they don't want the whole hospital to look bad. And Doctor's hospital, are you for real? The police have confirmed an assault, confirmed they spoke to the complainant, confirmed that they warned Dr. Robinson, and you putting out a lie about nothing happened, no physical contact? Mm-mm-mm. Y'all have no shame. About you carrying on a full investigation? Well, <laughs> obviously your investigation skills leaves a lot to be desired. But this is your attempt at a lame cover-up. And it's very, very unfortunate. Now, how would you feel today if I went to my lawyer and said, please send doctor's hospital a letter? Because they've sullied my reputation. And by the way, their posts are still up on social media. All the comments naming CMR, telling me we should be sued, blah, 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 still up on social media because they ain't got no sense of a doctor's hospital. Because if they think that I'm joking with them, hmm, they better try and look up a thing or two about Sandy Hill. Because they might realize it's not a joke. This is that is a, this is a serious a heart attack. They go on talking about the senior leadership team wishes to again reiterate that physical altercation has no place in our workplace. You lie, you lie, you lie. We're obviously relieved that this incident turned out to be nothing of the sort. And we feel deeply sorry for what Dr. Robinson has obviously gone through as a result. Wow. This is as bad as Tiffany claiming that she's the victim. Dr. Robinson? Who the hell, who the hell is Dr. Robinson, by the way? You think if I call him this morning, he answered the phone? Anybody got his phone number? Anybody got Dr. Azak's phone number? Azak's phone number? Why, why would y'all sign off on this? So now he's the victim. This is the definition. This is what you call, for those of you not familiar with this term, gaslighting, right? This is a classic case of what gaslighting looks like. You couldn't get more classic than this. Gaslighting, definition. It's a colloquialism loosely defined as manipulating someone so as to make them question their own reality. Mm-hmm. Yes. Psychological warfare. You're trying to tell me that I'm crazy that this didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Trying to say that we're the bad guys here. We're the ones who got it wrong. Wow. They, they feel deeply sorry for Dr. Robinson. You should be feeling do- sorry for Dr. Uh, Asac because he probably got a little bruise or two on his arm. Now here, yeah, this is, this is laughable. We have taken the opportunity to remind all staff though of our strict and high standards and also that all behavior, however benign, has the potential to be misinterpreted. Yeah, right. And we should be mindful of that in our day-to-day work. Wow. 
So let me understand you, Dr. Yado, since you're the one who signed, Rado, since you're the one who actually signed the letter. Mm -hmm. uh, you're talking about strict and high standards. Does that not include fabricating stories and telling a bold-faced lie and trying to throw CMR under the bus? What kind of standards are we talking about here? Because it seems to me like you have no standards. Or at the very minimum, your standards are very duplicitous. And the standards that you have must apply to the little staff and nobody else. No, sir. Here, yeah. Thanks, Siobhan. Siobhan, pull up yourself, girl. She says there's no punishment for telling the truth, but there will be consequences. Well, there's punishment for telling a bold-faced lie. Let me read some of your comments before I go to court to sit down and watch some more lies be told. No, sir. Mm -mm -mm. Morning, Leslie. Stacey Ann says, uh, they think you born when your mother gone to the market. Must be, honey chow. Johan says politicians lie and people still vote for them. So why is it a big deal for business to spin their story on an allegedly incident? Hashtag brand management. It's not an alleged incident. It actually happened. And we don't tolerate anybody lying on this program. And I don't care if, if it's your mama, your papa, your cousin, Bobo, TD, politician. It doesn't matter. If you get caught in a bullfaced lie, this is a pretty big, this is a pretty big lie when you think about it. Leslie says a paper trail is something else. It sure is. Like I said, it really it makes me question the intellectual capacity of these people over at Doctors Hospital. Who do they have helping them with crisis management and, and, and PR and all this kind of stuff? Because whoever advised them to do this, to send out that response, should be fired. And if it was the board themselves, please fire yourself. If it was Dr. Yardo, a chairman of the board, step down. Because you don't have one lick of sense for sending this out. Do you not know? Have you not ever listened to a single episode on CMR? You've called into the program before, so I know that you do listen. You know? Why y'all at this suing government and, and upset about concessions and how cities getting? Maybe you should try a little bit of honesty. Now, this is making me dig deeper into you all. And this is one of the issues that you always have when you're on my radar. You put yourself in the spotlight and you attack us and you put me in your radar. And I started to think, I said to myself, hold on a second. Whatever became of that lawsuit with our good friend over there at the photo place, Bobby, where his wife died and he was suing them because sources tell me in the streets that that was settled for a pretty coin or he won his lawsuit I'm going to verify and I'm going to check. You see what you just did, Dr. Rado? Now you have me all up in your business. Questioning what else you're not telling the people and what else you're lying about. You should be careful. You should be careful. You hear me talking about the Dr. Streisand effect? Sometimes you go over in your little corner and you sit your behind down and keep your mouth shut. That's the thing to do. Irvelyn says, wow. One big... Uh, one bag of liar geriatrics. Why lie though? What else do they lie about? You see? What else are you lying about? That's a very good question. Hmm. No, sir. Johan says, FYI, if you make a report to the RCAPS, you might as well give a copy to CMR at the same time because the leaks over there are as wide as the Caribbean Sea. Now, Johan, that's a damn lie. Johan, I'm going to call you a bold-faced liar this morning now as well. I don't get any leaks from the RCIPS. I have, I cannot think 
of a single bit of information that has come from them. In fact, we know about stuff before they know about it. We're reporting on news before they release anything. So that is a lie. Johan, you have been found to be wanting and lying this morning in the program. Do not lie on the RCIPS. They have enough issues. They have, I, like I said, I'm thinking hard now because you know I don't like to use exclusive words like always and never, but I cannot recall a single incident that has happened in this country where my source or a tip came from the police. We send them emails on information that is available to the public and they respond. When they cannot respond, they say, unfortunately, we can't answer that. We can't address it. When you call 911, you are utilizing the services of this country. So we have a right to know if someone called the police and attended the scene, and that is how the information was obtained, a single media email. Yeah? You're called to a hospital about an incident? That is nothing that the police are going to hide. They might not necessarily report it on their own accord, which is what they did. They didn't report it. But if we ask the question, they will respond and they will answer. So don't be trying to put this the RCIPS under any pressure, but they telling me stuff. Half the time, they be calling me, asking me for tips. Oh, how do you know that? Where'd you get that from? Mm-hmm. Bonnie says, what a bangerang. Oh, my Lord, you got that right. Mm-mm-mm. Ali says, locks. Whew. Doctors, hospital, a bunch of thieving liars start with their billing. Oh, geez. Um. Moya says, if they lie about something like this, what else are they covering up? We need to keep an eye on the complaints that come from patients from there now. And I tell you what, Doctors Hospital, they are so unaware of how many complaints I get from staff, both previous and current, about them, that I have said nothing about up until this point. Now you're done going and put yourself in the limelight and you're accusing us of all kinds of stuff. So I'm wondering how much of the little bag of goods should we let out to the public and Doctors Hospital? Because there's a lot of allegations around that place and y'all don't know what you're doing. I'm just saying. Not from a management and employee perspective. Mm-hmm. Bonnie says, I lost faith in Doctors Hospital for my friend Lisa Turner's death. I totally uh, lost my trust in them. Well, um, I don't know nothing about that specific situation. I'm trying to remember what the coroner's report said. But what I will say is I've lost faith in them now because of this lie. Yeah. Somebody suggested that works there. Oh, Sandy, why don't you reach out to the author of the letter before you do your show? And I said, reach out to him for what? So he can tell me another lie and insult me further? No, no, Bobo, not today. Miss Morna says, Sandy, it's called TikTok, whatever, whatever it's called. I don't know nothing about that, but anyway. Aliano says, it goes to show you the nature and mindset of a community that hide in the dark too long. When you lift up the rug and dirt is fine, is found um, to some and disgusting to others, do accept this issue for being just what it is. They, they could have really addressed this quite differently, to, in my honest opinion. Silence might have been their best bet. A Nautilus says, uh, grateful for you, Sandy, Make, uh, makes one question what some professionals will hide and lie about. And when it really, sorry, when it possibly comes to your health, 
that is something to ponder. Well, yeah. Darlene says, Johan, this is where we go wrong. As a person, lying is just wrong. <laughs> Jonathan over in his corner, laughing. <laughs> Poor John says, oh my, what a mess. Uh, Jackie says, I know of a nurse that worked there and she says that they treat their staff like feces. I'm just being polite by the word feces. Yeah, I've heard. I have heard. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, yes, I need it. You're right, uh, Marshall. I need to get a clip from Maury's show when he says, that's a lie. Johan says, experience has taught many otherwise. What, what are you talking about? What experience? A lie is a lie is a lie. You can't dress it up. Oh, Ms. Vernita says, I'm glad that you took that little break off. You come back to finish trying to help others in the wrongdoings in this place. One mess. I don't know what to say except don't lie. This is, this is, listen, a lie by any other name is still a lie. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't pretty it up, Johan. It don't make no difference. This is one of the more glaring, bold-faced lies that I have seen in a minute. And I'm disappointed in Doctors Hospital. I expected more of them, to be honest, you know? Um, I don't have no beef with them, but I do have beef now when you try to throw me under the bus and question my reputation and my integrity. When you know that you were lying the whole time. Yeah? Oh, poor Alejandro. He looked like he's speechless. He's like, what the heck? Listen, I try to have, uh, I'm going to wrap it up here. I think Kevin's going to be coming in here in a second if he's ready. I try to, um, you know, really work with a lot of companies, professionals. You know, like Johan said, sometimes it's brand marketing. It's this, whatever. Listen, I'm a business owner and I get certain things, but I don't get lying to people and throwing other people under the bus, right? You need to be a good corporate citizen. Uh, someone says, welcome back. When I can't find you in the mornings, it's like not finding Shiloh. I panic. Shiloh is their beloved dog. You're killing me. I don't want to end up at doctor's hospital. The audacity sue them. And what does Dr. Sydney think about all this? Poor Dr. Sydney. Uh, did Jonathan share his weed with Johan? <laughs> this person said, did Jonathan share his weed with Johan? Cause Johan talking foolishness this morning. Good morning. Another person says doctor's hospital is an unorganized hot mess. Had a couple of dealings with them and had to control my composure. Lord Jesus. Another person says, put it on them, Sandy. That's disgusting. Trying to cover up their wrong. I wouldn't go there for a buck toe. Lord Jesus. Mm -mm. Um, thank you so much to this person. Uh, he says, I think she means liable. Uh, she doesn't even know the right word because slander is spoken. That's right. Good, good legal eagle. Liable is when you put it in writing and slander is when you speak the words. And listen, nobody can sue you for the truth. An absolute defense to libel or slander is the truth. And in this case, it was the truth. Dr. What's his name? Robinson put hands on Dr. Isak. Now, I'm not saying he broke the man's arm. I'm not saying, you know, it was like an ass whooping from here until he turned. Listen, Mendeva said none of that, you know. I just said an assault took place. So much so that Dr. Isak called the police. Now, here's the biggest joke. 
when I said to them, when they sent out this response the other day, and I said to them, um, just a logical question. Uh, why were the police called? Here, here what their official response was. What a bunch of donkeys. Where's my, where's my hee-haw button? Here what they had to say. Um, uh, the hospital didn't call them. <laughs> I was like, what? The hospital didn't call them? Okay. Caller, good morning. Morning. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Um, speaking, speaking of duplicity, mm-hmm. <clears throat> the government is taking bills to the legislature. Mm-hmm. One deals with the penal code. One deals with the anti-corruption law. And in the case of politicians, you'll have to prove that they intended to do it. But in the case of other people, it's strict liability. Mm, you don't consider... I'm going to... I can't go into overtime this morning because I do have to run out to see the trial. I'm just waiting, Kevin. But I'm going to invite you to speak to a criminal lawyer because I think you, as well as others, have gotten this completely wrong. And as someone who knows a little about the law, let me assure you that any offense in grand court is not a strict liability offense. It requires a mens rea. And the article, I mean, I hate to say it, but Alric got it wrong and he's confused the hell out of a bunch of you and you're on the wrong path with this. Go and ask anybody from the DPP's office or any seasoned criminal lawyer and they will set you straight. Can I leave you with that? Do a little bit of research. Can I ask you one question? Sure. How come How come you didn't do a program on it? I did. Did you not listen to the interview last week? Which interview? We sat down with the premier of this country and went through the anti-corruption law in relation to this section 17 and this question that has come up. Did you miss it? Yes. Okay. All right. So since you missed it, I'm going to extract it and reschedule it on social media as just that segment, that interview alone for everyone to watch. Let me okay. just, let me I'll just, watch it. yes, let me just say this much. Not all lawyers understand different elements of the law. There's criminal law, civil law, commercial, and I mean, people specialize in constitutional law. The law can be very, very complex. Even with my rudimentary understanding of the law, I can tell you that from the second I saw Alric's headline, I knew he got it wrong. Any offense of that nature has always been one that required mens rea. It's impossible not to. The things that are strict liability are so like- So what is, the point, what is the point of adding the word intentional? Because they're changing the wording because the drafters said that they are trying to amend legislation so it's easier for the average person to understand. So in their attempt to make law less legalese and more common for the common man, the common man has now gotten all confused. Isn't that ironic? It is very ironic (laughs) if that's the fact. (laughs) If that is the fact. It is. And that's the only reason that they're trying to get away from all these fanciful words, right? The intent has always been there. I told y'all the other day, I was sitting in a case with this young lady from East End, this police officer, right? Where they were talking about the fact that she accessed 
um, criminal record. She's being charged with breach of trust. Even that, you would think, well, the mere fact that she accessed it is enough. No. There is a mens rea. What was her intent? Or was she reckless? Or was she... There's different types of mens rea. But the point is, the mental element has always been there, and it will continue to be there. There has been no change. Now, here's the irony of it. Alric needs to explain himself on this, because, in fact, what the legislation has done, and the main reason for the changes, and they're just, um, sorry, my apologies. And, you know, they're just trying to, while they're, while they're in there, amending it, like, okay, let's just make this more common language, let's fix it. The main reason for the change in that section is to increase the penalty for those offenses. It's funny that he never really said that in his article, did he? How much was it increased to? One went up by, hold on. Oh, gosh, Denny. Hold on now. Let me see if I can find it. Kevin, bring, bring yourself in, honey child. Give me, give me one second, Denny. I might have it here on my desk. In one case, I think it went from three to five years. In another case, it was doubled. But give me one second. Kevin, just talk until I can grab my paperwork. No problem. Bombay one's having a great day um, over in the beautiful Cayman <laughs> Islands. I was there recently, actually, was visiting. Oh, yes, honey, um, child, I'm back. Here we go. I'm back. I'm back. All right. Because I'm going to sit back here. Yeah, I know. I knew I had it here in my desk full of papers, child. All right. So here we go. Anti-corruption amendment bill. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I'm going to replay that because interesting that you guys missed it. But it was the same day that we did the interview on the um, on the national ID. All right. So here we go, folks. Um, Section 7 of the anti-corruption bill 2022. Um, repeal and substitution of Section 17, abuse of office. So the first section, which is a public officer or member of parliament who intentionally does or directs to be done in abuse of the authority of his or her office, any arbitrary act prejudicial to the rights of another person commits an offense is liable to four years. That section was previously, I want to say, two years, and it's gone to four years. And then the subsection two, which is um, purposes of a loan, reward, and so on, went from three years to five years. So it actually increased the penalty. And that is the reason why this legislation is being amended. Because believe me, you, when I tell you, I would take real offense to this government under the leadership of the premier who has made it a point. What does the PAC stand for? Talking about accountability? If he was attempting to water down this legislation in any way, shape or form, I can tell you, I'd be holding his little chubby behind to the fire. And I don't mean any insult by that, but I'm just saying <laughs> that it is, mine chubby too, and that's okay. It is what it is, okay? He would not be getting a pass. And and I don't know why Alric has gotten this wrong. Uh, I know that he doesn't do criminal law and he's not really familiar with the criminal law system. I mean, I saw him in court the other day for the first time ever. He was watching the Miss Cayman case. And I think that, you know, this is just an example of how you might be a lawyer, but you, you, you don't necessarily know anything about the criminal legal system. And, but this could have been easily avoided by simply speaking to a criminal lawyer. And What, I what about the... What about the amendments about scandalizing the court? Um, I What's don't even know. Well, I haven't I haven't looked closely at that, but 
Um, I think we can certainly have. Because you see, there's lots of there's about seven bills that are just uh, going to be presented tomorrow, yes. right? Oh, but yeah. but what what public scrutiny has taken place uh, about them? Well, I mean, obviously you have people trying to publicly scrutinize it, but they're getting it wrong. So that that's a problem, in my opinion. Well, so so then how but, how will the public know whether they want the government to support these bills to to enact these bills or not? Well, I think the public has a responsibility. How many of you have actually picked up the legislation in relation to this? I I, I have, mm -hmm. but you're telling me I don't understand it because I'm not a lawyer. Well, I'm telling right? you that you don't understand and so, and it so because the, no, 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 no. I'm not telling you that you what, understand what, because no, you're not a lawyer. Hold no, on. But, no, 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 no. Hear me now. A lawyer also didn't understand it. So that's not what I said to you. Okay. Get it, what, get it what straight. I, I'm, saying, say I'm just saying you don't understand it <laughs> because maybe okay. your understanding was based on what you re what you wrote or read from Alric. I don't know where you got that from. Right? Alric is a oh, lawyer well, and he still didn't understand it. So being a lawyer doesn't yeah. mean that you understand something. If you're if it's wrong well, and you've I, just gotten it wrong, I, I, then it's wrong. It doesn't make a difference if you're a lawyer, if you're a doctor, if you're I, I get I I get that point, but but part of what should be happening mm -hmm. is that there should be public discussions in which there are oh, opportunities I, I for people to, to lawyers to come on and talk. Yeah, because that's not happening. So how do we actually know whether we want the government to support any of these bills yeah. tomorrow? I listen to me. That, that's my point. Yes. And I, I agree 100% that there should be, and uh, we can talk about this a little bit tomorrow ahead of these bills, but I think that there should be a a, a much more in-depth analysis of these. Um, and the government has a job to do as it relates to explaining these changes and what's coming down the pipeline, the why and the how and all that kind of stuff. So in an unusual moment, I did sit down with the premier and interview him um, in relation to this. And, you know, he was willing to take the time. Kevin, I kind of feel like that's the interview that we should lead with now that Denny has brought this up. Let me see how quickly I can find it. But I do believe that um, that is exactly what, uh, what needs to happen. So without a doubt, the legislators, they're busy along with the, the drafters and so on, trying to get all this information together. But the real crux of it is if the people do not understand then it's kind of like, mm, what difference does it make? If the people are clueless, the people are clueless. Well, well, yeah, well, the difference that it makes is that it will have a real and persistent impact well, this on is what our I'm saying. right. Absolutely. And I, I completely agree yeah. with you a thousand percent. On, on, a, on, a, on a completely different subject. Mm -hmm. uh, doctors Hospital have a billing problem, okay? Mm -hmm. They seem to think that when you present them with an insurance card, it's okay to just not collect from the insurance and then come back afterwards way down the line to say, oh, by the way, we need you to pay us. Yeah. Oh, my. Uh, well, if, if I went to the hospital mm -hmm. and I gave the insurance, thinking, okay, the insurance is going to pay for it, you think, you think that I would go and, and do a procedure if I felt that the insurance wasn't going to pay for it. So, so when, when you take a position that you're not going to take responsibility for the fact that you messed up, 
and you didn't collect, then coming way down the line, long past the six months that's prescribed in the law, mm-hmm. you can't do that. Mm-hmm. And it's wrong to do that. All right. And, um, let me say this, Denny. I think that I, I'm hoping the powers that be over at Doctors Hospital, Dr. Rado and others are paying attention this morning because even Dezita said Doctors Hospital charged her $57 for masks and gloves that they wear during COVID-19 testing. For a simple visit, I made there to drop off a sample. Um, I have other people on WhatsApp saying I have a bill from 2011 from Doctors Hospital and I ain't paying it. So I do think that they need a little bit of help in the PR department. Um, unfortunately, that's not my job, but hopefully they have someone who can do that. No, 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 not PR. The AR well, department. Yes. <laughs> I, I think it's a combination of both, yeah. Denny, PR and AR. Yeah. yeah. De- uh, Ali yeah, says, yeah, 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 speak yeah. it, Denny. Uh, they charge no, people. No, but if you, if, you, if, you, if you deal with the AR department, you won't have to have a problem yeah. in the PR department. <laughs> wow. Maybe, unless you're going around lying about a fight didn't happen or somebody didn't assault somebody. Anyway, right. leave, me, leave, me, leave me there. All right. Take All care. right. Thank you, Denny. Appreciate it. So I do really have to go because I want to I get in. Um, I have an 11 o'clock business meeting. And I want to get in on the trial, which I missed yesterday, but I have all the notes from it. So we're going to put together our Tiffany story later on. But we want to be there and be present today. Um, so what I'll do is, um, Kevin, I'll let you. Um, I'm going to pull in the interview from Premier Panton. Can you pull it back out when it's done, or do I have to be here for that? I should be. Once you have it down there, I see it below, yeah. so I should be able to play it, um, and then I will end okay. the show with that. All right, folks. So it's really, really, really important that when we put information out there, and you know, I've said this before, um, Alric is my friend, but even your friends get it wrong, and you have to be uh, capable of telling them once they've gotten it wrong. Alric missed the mark on this. The the um, headline was very, very inflammatory in the sense that it basically said that um, the government is trying to, um, you know, make it harder to convict MPs. And that it's not true at all. In fact, they're making sure that if an MP abuse of public office carries a uh, more stringent offense and one instance um, almost doubling that are doubling the time, the other one adding two years to the three year sentence. So, in our, in our effort to hold government accountable, we still do have a responsibility to make sure that we get it right. That's all I'm saying, because we're here every day trying to hold government accountable. Sometimes we mess up, but if we do mess up, we will be the first to come on and say, you know what? Our interpretation of the anti-corruption bill was wrong, right? We made We took no position on this because like I said, I sit there in court all the time. So when I first saw the title, I don't traditionally read Loop, but when I saw the title, I thought, mm, I don't think Alred got it. And then I digged a little bit deeper and I immediately contacted the premier. He can tell you straight up. I said, sir, with all due respect, you're going to have to speak on this point. This is really, really important. The, the headline alone, because most people are not reading outside the headline, has confused people. And so the confusion, as we see, even Denny, and Denny is a smart cookie and all that kind of stuff, but it will confuse even the smartest people if you just read the headline and believe what you have read. So the headline said, Parliament, this was November 11th, to make it harder to convict MPs for abuse of public office. And that is not true. That's, a, that's an incorrect statement. And what he relied upon is his interpretation of the fact that all of a sudden now they're using the term intentionally 
as opposed to what was there before. What was there before still required intent. Intent has always been there. Yeah? All right. Kevin, pull her up. All right. All right, folks, we're here with none other than the Honorable Premier uh, Wayne Panton, who's going to speak to us about the Anti-Corruption Amendment Bill 2022 that is going to be coming to the floor of Parliament uh, relatively shortly here in December. So good afternoon, uh, Premier. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes out of your day to spend with us. Oh, good afternoon and pleasure to be here with you. Thank you. All right. So uh, we're recording this for the benefit of our viewers and the broader audience here in the Cayman <coughs> Islands, just kind of clarify a few things that have been circulating in the community in relation mm -hmm. to what some people say are some very serious concerns about the anti-corruption amendment bill. Right. Um, first of all, let's just get to the crux of, of what this is. There's a section in the existing piece of legislation, the existing act, which is a 2019 revision that is uh, section 17, and it talks about abuse of office. Right. So, um, Sandra, let's start with the memorandum of objects and reasons yes. that accompanies every every bill, as you you know, mm -hmm. since you're typically familiar with these. Yes. Um, <clears throat> particularly in relation to um, Section 17, mm -hmm. the relevant clause of the bill says um, Clause 7 repeals Section 17 of the Principal Act. Mm -hmm. um, meaning the existing Anti-Corruption Act yes. um, 2019 revision and substitutes a new section 17 which reclassifies the offense of abuse of office as an indictable um, offense mm -hmm. and increases the penalty attached to the offense. Okay. So now what's really important there yes. is that it is clearly saying what the relevant um, effective changes are what the substantive changes are to um, to section 17 mm -hmm. and you'll notice it doesn't say anything about changing the burden of proof um, mm -hmm. or the, the standard of proof required <coughs> and right. what it does um, what it specifically sets out is that it is trying to change the the, the change to section 17 is requiring, requiring to increase, is attempting to increase the penalty attached to the offense. Mm -hmm. um, what that demonstrates is a commitment, mm -hmm. um, an intention and a commitment um, to, to increase the level of punishment right. for someone who is, who is found guilty of um, a commission of, of abuse of office. Mm -hmm. um, and that that is quite contradictory to the comments and the, um, the statements that have been made in a couple of articles and, and obviously a number of comments mm -hmm. online. So let, let's, let's break it down because, you know, we've got different listeners. Um, some might be lawyers, some are non-lawyers mm -hmm. listening to the program. So when we talk about an indictable offense, um, first of all, it's important for the general public to understand exactly what that means. So that's a criminal offense. Uh, in which the accused may be incarcerated for a period of six months or more. So those are the more, <clears throat> what we consider in law, the more serious offenses, if you will. Yeah, so for, for, for the general public's um, sort of interest in, in, 
and for all all intents and purposes. Mm -hmm. um, this really just means that you can. It's it's a it's an offense which um, you you end up in grand court, right? As opposed to summary court. court. Yes. And you have then the option as a defendant mm -hmm. to um, ask for a judge alone trial or, jury. or a jury trial. Mm -hmm. um, right. Increasing increasing the penalty. So <clears throat> where do you think the confusion has arisen? Right. So let's just stick with increasing the penalties for a second. Yes. Um, so the, the existing law, mm -hmm. I think, has... Um, let me just pull it up here just to be sure. I think um, section 17 um, provides in section 17 one mm -hmm. um, uh, provides So that it says summary conviction yeah. of imprisonment for a term of two years. Summary conviction to imprisonment for a term of two years. Right. And then subsection two, um, which is distinguished from one in the sense that that's in relation to a loan reward advantage or other benefit. Mm -hmm. um, if you're convicted of that offense, the term there is three years. Three years. So it's two years um, for subsection one, which is if a public officer or a member of the parliament mm -hmm. who does or directs to be done in abuse of the authority of his office, an mm -hmm. arbitrary act prejudicial to the rights of another. Mm -hmm. um, so if you, if you do that and you, you commit an offense, liable and you're liable on summary conviction to a term of two years. Mm -hmm. The second one is if you um, do, if, you, if in conducting that or carrying out that act, um, it is for the purpose of a loan reward advantage or other benefit, yes. then you also commit a, a separate offense and it is liable on summary conviction years. for a term of three years. Mm -hmm. So. Switching back to the to the bill itself, mm -hmm. um, what this is trying to um, to do by substituting section seventeen, the new section seventeen, right, is it is so we go from two years to four years, changing from two years to four years. Yep. Um, sorry, the first bit, the first change really mm -hmm. is um, making it on indictment. Right. So you, you go to grand court, and mm -hmm. you can it's tribal either way by by a judge alone or by jury, mm -hmm. and changing it to four years. So you're doubling the mm -hmm. potential sentence yes. um, for a conviction under that section, that subsection. Right. And then for subsection two, um, it is the same indictable offense, mm -hmm. um, and it changes the period from three years to a maximum of five years. Mm -hmm. So of course, when you make changes, when you propose changes to um, potential custodial sentences, what you are trying to do is um, largely trying to increase the deterrent factor, mm -hmm. um, the, you know, increase the level of, of punishment right. so that people will think twice about um, engaging in anything like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's effectively what the new section 17 does. Mm -hmm. Now, where is the controversy? Um, the original bill, sorry, the original law, the or original section 17 um, required a 
the, required the prosecution to be able to prove that mm -hmm. you intended to do this, right? Right. Um, it didn't specifically say intentionally. Mm -hmm. When the bill was done, this current bill was done, um, and the legislative drafting, drafting were going through it, they're reflecting the ever-evolving um, sort of legislative style, drafting mm -hmm. style. Mm -hmm. um, and part of that is to increase the, the movement or the change to sort of everyday English so that right. people understand it better. Exactly. And that is the reason why you see a change in the, in, in the inclusion of the reference to intentionally. Now, that doesn't change what the obligation was on the prosecution um, previously. Mm -hmm. uh, it is done as a drafting style change, purely to make it um, more everyday English so that people have a better understanding. So in an effort to modernize the legislation <clears throat> and update not just the you know very, very specific points about an indictment and increasing the term of imprisonment, They've used more modern language right. that some people have now incorrectly, is what you're saying, interpreted that to mean right. that there's some additional mental element in law, we call it mens rea, that is required yeah. for the yeah. act to have been committed. And you're right. saying that's completely incorrect. That's incorrect. Yes. Yeah. Okay. There's no change. Um, it's the same, the prosecution have the same obligation. Mm -hmm. What has changed is that it is, these are now indictable offenses mm -hmm. that are tribal and grand court, either way, mm -hmm. jury or, or judge, um, right. and the prison term, the maximum potential prison term, has mm -hmm. doubled for section 17 one, sorry, subsection one, mm -hmm. sec section 17 subsection one, and has gone from three years to five years for section 17 two. So the deterrent factor has significantly mm -hmm. increased. Mm -hmm. um, in other words, in other language, we're seeking to, to effectively threaten stronger punishment mm -hmm. for someone who is um, committing this sort of offense. Right. Now, in that context, that is entirely different. That reality is entirely different from what has been expressed in at least two articles that I've seen mm -hmm. in our local media. One was on Loop, mm -hmm. um, and another one was a Viewpoint in um, on CNS, mm -hmm. Cayman News Service. Um, now, the one the article in Loop does not talk about any other change. Mm -hmm. It simply attempts to represent that the government or Parliament's intention appears to be to to uh, make it harder for mm -hmm. um, the prosecution to prove that, particularly. A, a member of parliament uh, um, has been guilty of an offense. It does not even recognize either the two real changes, which is the um, um, indictable offense mm -hmm. and the, the increasing of the, of the maximum sentence. Yes. And so I increasing think that, the deterrent um, factor. You know, I, I want to say this for the benefit of our listeners. Uh, when I uh, read the article in Loop, the thing that stood out for me is this one mm. sentence that says, by having to prove an MP's intent, the job of the Anti-Corruption Commission may now be harder. And I think this is a misunderstanding and perhaps a lack of understanding, really, 
and how the criminal justice system works. Mm -hmm. Because outside of strict liability offenses, which tend to be traffic-related offenses, all, and I sit in court almost on a weekly basis, all offenses, certainly the ones in Grand Court, there is a need to prove intent. Right. You know, even sometimes the terminology might say things about negligence, so the specific wording of the act mm -hmm. might be a little bit different, but that is where the intent comes in. And then it's for the judge who is, you know, the expert on the law to, for the benefit of the jurors, if it's a jury situation, to define what in that specific act, what um, intent means, whether it's negligence, you know, um, intentionally does something, because every act might have a slightly different, different wording, seeking to defraud, and what, what does that mean? What's mm -hmm. the actual intent that's required? So I found it interesting that maybe the writer of this article simply misunderstood from a criminal law perspective what is required to win a successful and prosecute a successful criminal case in any event. So to make it very, very clear, there is no intent to change the, any legal element as far as what is required for the prosecution to prove and be successful in a case of this nature. Correct. And the law does not reflect that at all. Correct. So, I mean, it's, you know, I guess you could call it an amateur mistake. Yeah. Um, I don't understand why, um, if, you, if you want to write an article like that, ask someone, ask a criminal lawyer or mm -hmm. ask someone who, um, you know, has a, has, a, has a better understanding. Mm -hmm. um, but in a situation like this, you're absolutely right. You mentioned earlier um, the concept of strict liability. Mm -hmm. That has very little application. It's quite restricted mm -hmm. um, in 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 criminal law, um, because you know the general concept of criminal law is that you must have not only do you commit the act right. or the act is reus, but you must, you have, must have the requisite intent yeah. or the, the mens rea mm -hmm. um, in most cases. Now there are some limit some um, examples of of situations in which the um, the Parliament and the, the courts have decided that it's it's that the issue is is um, worthy of lowering that bar. Mm -hmm. So you know, it, it ranges from mm -hmm. the simple things like traffic offense, like speeding, for example. Mm -hmm. You don't have to prove that you intended to speed. Right. Right. You just have to prove that you were speeding. Mm -hmm. um, something something more serious, mm -hmm. more grave like statutory rape. Mm -hmm. um, you know, those are the types of examples uh, in mm -hmm. which strict liability typically exists. Uh, of course, it exists in other branches of law as well, in, in the law of tort. Um, you don't have to prove intent in those areas as well, even though, <coughs> you know, the impacts can be uh, significant. Um, but <coughs> certainly in this case, mm -hmm. um, there is no change mm -hmm. to the burden of proof and what's required to, to be proved in terms of mens rea. What is intended, as, as we have clearly set out, is simply um, changing it to indictable defense, grand mm -hmm. court, and increasing the sentence um, in both of these subsections. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, I think, it's, um, I think it's very unfortunate when there's an attempt to mislead the public mm -hmm. into um, feeling like that the very legislators that they elect um, to ensure that 
the law of the land reflects appropriate uh, approaches to serious matters mm -hmm. um, is is uh, when when it, when it, uh, there's an attempt to to suggest that they're trying to look after themselves or look after their mm -hmm. their colleagues. Um, and the anybody who knows me would understand that. I was just going to say I'm the that. last person <laughs> to turn yes. to if you've done something wrong. Yeah. You're going to take the consequences. Yeah. Um, and I was just going to say that obviously, you know, when you read a headline that um, says, you know, Parliament to make it harder to convict MPs for abuse of public office, this would fly in the face of what you have stood for publicly yeah. um, as Premier of, of this government and even, you know, your ongoing um, attempts to hold parliamentarians and definitely your cabinet ministers uh, much more responsible and accountable than they have ever been held before. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, that's correct. Um, and of course, you know, there, there may be people who will say, well, yes, there, you had some examples of, of, of some issues. Yeah, mm -hmm. I didn't expect perfection. Um, but I can say this, mm -hmm. we did not have a code of conduct previously. Mm -hmm. So, you, of course, nobody can breach a code of conduct that doesn't exist. Right. Now we do have one. Now we're attempting to hold people in um, uh, and their conduct uh, in accordance with the, the standards that, that should be expected. Mm -hmm. And I think um, I think that is the right approach to take. Um, we're seeking to do the same thing in relation to Parliament, members of Parliament, and the Parliamentary Code of Conduct. And where are we, just out of curiosity, with that? <laughs> um, well, I can tell you that I have all members of government mm -hmm. uh, signed up to a Code of Conduct. Um, way back in March of this year, the Code of Conduct was circulated, the Draft Code of Conduct was circulated to all members mm -hmm. of Parliament. The only individuals that I had any response from and comments from, questions from, were members of government. Mm -hmm. I did not get any, any questions from any member of the opposition. Okay. Um, I have gone ahead um, and I've had my colleagues and myself signed up to our version of the Code of Conduct mm -hmm. um, that we're, we're going to be proposing um, to, to Parliament. Now, I have, I have given the, the, that version to the Attorney General um, mm -hmm. because remember the Attorney General and the Deputy Governor mm -hmm. are ex officio members right. of, um, of Parliament as well. Mm -hmm. So it has provision for both of them to be bound by the same Code of Conduct. And the Attorney General is with the Attorney General right now. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping to move that forward very quickly. Um, but certainly in relation to this, I thought it was really important that the people of the country understand that your government uh, is attempting to reflect um, changes to the law mm -hmm. to assist in holding people more accountable, not to help to make it more difficult mm -hmm. for them to be prosecuted for for wrongdoing. Okay. And these changes, we don't sit, we don't actually just you know conjure these changes up um, from our own wish list. Mm -hmm. um, changes like this actually come via uh, conversations and discussion um, with the Anti-Corruption Commission, with the mm -hmm. DPP's office, with the Attorney General's office, with legal drafting. Um, and that is how 
you know, through a full consideration that we end up with these provisions. Mm -hmm. And if what the articles seem, what the, both articles seem to be saying mm. is that the anti-corruption um, commission, the members of the anti-corruption commission, mm -hmm. the members of legal drafting, the members of the attorney general's chambers mm -hmm. would all be deliberately trying to uh, make it more difficult mm -hmm. to, um, you know, to prosecute some member of parliament for wrongdoing. I would encourage them to speak out. If they if they think that that's where it came from, I mean any of those any of those offices I just spoke to, they can speak out. Mm -hmm. This provision, these changes have all come about as a result of a request um, from one or more of those offices mm -hmm. to try to ensure that we have a stronger piece of legislation in place so that we can do a better job of holding people accountable and punishing wrongdoing. You know, in an appropriate, um, fair and balanced way. Yeah, and ultimately stamping out corruption. Absolutely. Wherever it exists. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Well, thank you for um, clarifying this. I hope that it's a bit of useful information, again, for the general public to see that uh, perhaps the, the author of those um, articles was just a little bit misguided and mm -hmm. um, really, you know, as, as Aunt Lotta used to say, making making a, a hill out of a molehill. There's, there's not much to it, folks, but yeah. it's important that it still is addressed because, wow. you know, in, in the face of um, not addressing these things head on, sometimes that will fuel the yeah. fire a bit more. So thank you again. We appreciate the direct responses. We appreciate you going through the respective sections of the law and explaining exactly what well, is Absolutely, anytime, anytime. Thank you very much for, for allowing me the opportunity to, to respond. All right, wonderful, thank you. Well, hopefully that clarified um, some things that, uh, you know, Danny and others might have and, and some of the um, articles out there that might have confused some folks. But uh, we'll kind of wrap up the show by uh, going to our new segments. And right after that, uh, we'll just do the show close. But uh, everyone have a beautiful day. Stay safe and hope everyone, uh, you know, stay, stay well and healthy. Hello, I'm Kevin Watler, and this is your CMR Daily Buzz. Armed robberies continue to rise with the Royal Cayman Islands Police Service responding to several more robberies over the last few days. The Royal Cayman Islands Police Service said the public can expect increased foot patrols, high visibility mobile patrols, and intensified road enforcement operations as the RCIPS holiday safety operation has commenced. 39-year-old Conrad Clint Mendoza was sentenced to four years in prison for molesting a teenage girl on several occasions. He shared a close relationship with the girl's family. Following concerns from the public regarding the National Identification Register, the Ministry of Investment, Innovation and Social Development has revealed changes will be made to the Identification Register Bill 2022 at the committee stage in Parliament next week. 
A milestone in Cayman's air travel was marked in October as Cayman Airways not only exceeded pre-pandemic numbers for both total passenger count and for passenger revenue, but also set new records for that month for the airline. Now for your CMR weather update is brought to you by WG Charters. Sunrise at 646, lots of sunshine with breezy conditions is expected when the temperature is in the mid-80s and the humidity around 64% like the forecast calls for, it will feel like it's in the low 90s. Winds east-northeast at 15 to 25 miles per hour and the sun sets at 546. At nighttime, the temperature falls to the high 70s. Looking forward, sunny conditions and the breezy conditions will go away by the end of the week. If you would like to know more on any of these stories, visit caymanmallroad.com or follow Cayman Mall Road on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. That's it for now on The Daily Buzz. Thank you for joining me. Please stay safe and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cold Hard Truth on Bobo 89.1 FM. Cayman's number one talk show is live weekdays from 7.30 a.m. Never miss an episode again. Watch anytime on CMR's Facebook and YouTube channels for the latest show episodes. Don't forget to follow us online on our social media channels and visit CaymanMarlRoad.com for all the latest news and community happenings. 